podcast you are about to listen to will contain detailed plot spoilers. If you do not wish to have the movie ruined for you, I recommend turning the podcast off now. Also, the podcast will contain graphic and explicit language. If you don't think your ears can handle it, turn the podcast off and go change your tampon. You have been warned. Welcome back to the Movie Pit Podcast. This is your host, Ryan. Joined as always, Seth. Howdy, y'all. Roxy. Hello. Jesse. Yo. And we're welcoming back Jenna. Hi. And welcome back Cameron. Hi. This week for episode 38, we're discussing 1995's Leaving Las Vegas. But before we get into that depression, what have we been watching? What do we want to see? What we don't want to see? Uh, all right. So uh, let's see here. This is kind of uh, started off with Vibes with Jeff Goldblum and Cindy Lauper from 1988. That sounds about right. Yeah. yeah. It was awesome. I've never seen that shit before in my life. And oh, really? She's actually a decent actor. She was fun in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Jeff Goldblum. Cause I think she showed, I, like, I think her first acting chops was when she was doing a lot of manager bullshit with the WWF back in oh, yeah. mid 80s. Cindy Lauper? Oh, fuck yeah. She was a fucking that. wrestling manager for a while. All girls just want to manage men throwing up. what the Hulk is cooking. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I had Jeff Goldblum in it. I'm convinced he's my biological father. <laughs> Could be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of truth in humor, mother. Um, <laughs> um, got down on uh, Meet Joe Black. Um, I have not seen that movie since it originally came out on VHS. So, so it's been a hot minute since I've seen that. Movie. It's Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. and Brad Pitt runs into Anthony Hopkins and finds out he's death and. Pretty much, there's like this whole story, and he spends, you know, the last of his days, you know, together. But he's like, they're like by each other's side the whole time. But for me, the thing that I like the most is the fact that death is this insane being, right? Every culture has their own version of death. And so this is death coming to Earth and taking form in this dude who he just took because he got hit by two cars at one time. Bam, yeah. bam. And then so death was like, boom, that's my body now, bitch. Yeah. And then so fucking Brad Pitt's like, and now this is death. And so now he's walking around, like, seeing... It's crazy because he knows everything, but at the same time, he knows nothing at all. And I just love how he is, like, this idiot, but, like, he's very wise when people interact with him. Like, dogs know him. And, like, it's cool because I was reading more about death, and um, I can't remember the... One of the cultures, essentially, he, he really is, like, the way they portrayed <coughs> in the movie where he's like, don't fear me. Like, I'm here. It's going to be this cool, calming, like transition from a lot that, of cultures have that yeah. view of mm-hmm. death and he he does an amazing job at doing that just because the way that he acts he's just very cool and like he never really gets upset except to like with anthony hopkins one time but then he like falls in love with the dude's like daughter and shit and you know 
It's just it's who it's, death does. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Whoa. Uh huh. Oh you know yeah, and she falls in love with him too. Yeah. I was like, is it an honor or is that like an omen? Well, I guess it. It's well, a literal omen. It's death. Well, but Anthony Hopkins was like, dude, just like take me, but like don't fuck with like anybody else. And he's like, dude, I'm death. Like, because I think how like, me? that particular thing was meant to be taken is the fact that death has inhabited a human body for mm-hmm. the first time. This is the first time he's feeling human feelings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes more sense. <clears throat> so he's like, he's kind of very, he's he's a little spacey. Um, but at the same time, he is very whimsical too. At the, at, I don't know. It's it's badass. I highly recommend that movie a thousand times over. Um, got down on Beautiful Mind. Uh, I haven't seen that one in a long time. I forgot that he goes crazy, and it's a real story. And the dude oh, like yeah. really is a teacher and shit. But like, you feel for him so that bad. Dude was he goes, at, that real dude was Asperger's as fuck. Dude. Yeah, yeah. That dude. Uh, he uh, he's one of the godfathers of economics. Mm-hmm. Word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was his name? Um. Shit. Beautiful Mind, <laughs> 2001. Uh, there's a... It'll come to me when I'm not thinking the knock, about it. No, it's like Knock or something like that. But his 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 is like, yeah, no. He's like basically built the foundations of behavioral economics. The yeah. Na- it's the Nash equilibrium. Nash. It's Nash. If you ever become yeah. an econ, you'll get to know that equation very well. That's like awesome. He, it wasn't that long ago, and he kind of changed the landscape of economics. Yeah, at the end of the film, it says he, yeah. you know, he to this day. Every single undergraduate has to learn his, his, like that's how well known this is. Is like it's undergrad oh, yeah. level. Yeah, I wish I could like. I wonder if he's the one that told them that that's what those characters are going to look like in the movie. You know what I mean? Like how much, how much do you think that he was an influence on it? If all in any, I don't know too is much that about the that AC? film. That oh. would be the AC. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, your chair is harder for you to get out of. I can do it. <laughs> Don't have to tell her twice. <laughs> <laughs> this happens from time to time. Like, what happened? Enjoy what you The can. AC's on, so it's loud. Oh. Is that? Oops. Oh, I was like, I could have just... Oh, man. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, and last week when I was it editing nice, basketball diaries, I was able nice. to get rid of all the the sound from the fan. Oh, were you? Yeah. You just have to use like a noise. Yep. Yeah. I literally just took uh, camp, a noise captured gate, the noise it for is. it. Yeah. yeah, it's not that bad. No. Like even that, I wouldn't be surprised you could. It literally right takes now. about five minutes to yeah. render because last week was two hours and ten minutes of <laughs> us bantering. Um, Continue, Sam. I am. Um, and the Machinist. Another one of those Jewish comedies. <laughs> Aren't they? Are all? Yeah, they all are. Yeah. Um, it's creepy how much fucking weight that dude fucking lost for that movie. Um, oh no, the Machinist. Sorry, I was thinking the Pianist. That was the Jewish comedy that I watched afterwards. The but no, pianist? no. Yeah. Yeah, um, those are two completely different. Yeah, my movies. bad. Sorry, <laughs> uh, dyslexia. But the Machinist. <laughs> Yeah, the movie, I'd never, I've never sat down and watched that movie before, and just to watch him go crazy, and then to find out, like, why he's going crazy, um, he hasn't slept in a year, and so you can imagine what that'll do to oh, a human I being. Yeah, and he gets, like, super skinny and shit. Yeah, fucking, Holy I think, crap. uh, Christian Bell, when they shot that movie, he dropped down to 97 pounds. 
Yeah. Christian like, Bale is such a beast when it comes like, to roles. That dude just modifies himself. Well, yeah, yeah but he committed. This one, I would have to say, is fucking unhealthy to get down to because, like, oh my god, when you see him shirtless, yeah, he was he was heinous. Yeah, you know he was mm-hmm. hurt. It was literally just skin stretched over bone. Yeah, I think I just read he ate, he ate, would eat like an apple and then maybe some bread. I think, and that was yep, all. That's he all he ate. That's dedication. Yeah, but the movie was tight as hell. Um, definitely recommend if you haven't seen that one. The story is awesome. Um, and then I kind of already spilled the beans, but then after that I watched The Pianist. <laughs> Pianist. Pianist. P- P- Pianist. I don't want to hear about you watching The Penis. I, I watched The Penis while enjoying The Pianist. <laughs> <laughs> Twelve and a half. Okay, my bad. My bad. My bad. <laughs> Monday, I'll be thirteen. Oh, you're right. Oh, you're gonna be a big boy. So technically, yeah. you're twelve and three quarters. That's right. See, science math. <laughs> Thanks, Nash. You're about Whatever to. Fuck, you're about to disappoint is. a lot of men. <laughs> yeah, I. I'm disappoint a lot you're of like, men oh, too. You're. You're yeah. a teenager. It's yeah. a win-win. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So uh, that's the end of my list. How about you? Um, I only really haven't watched anything. I watched the remaining. Okay. Um, have you guys seen that? It's mm-hmm. on Stars. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty good movie. Well, it was kind of sucky actually, but the ending I have a lot of questions on. So um, it'd be great to watch it and discuss it with you guys. Yeah. Um, and then I watched Three Thousand Years of Longing. Whoa. Which, yeah. Sounds deep. It's a lot of years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really good, actually. What's that one about? Um, it's about the girl who finds the genie or a jid in the bottle and lets him out. Oh, a gin? A gin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jid. A jid. <laughs> I don't know. Jid. Jid. <laughs> it's a hillbilly gin. Yeah. It <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, it's a little moonshine jug with X's on it. <laughs> Howdy, says, y'all. Says grandpa. <laughs> I can um, three wishes. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> that was one. <laughs> and then that's about it. I've just been watching a bunch of crap. So Like TV crap? Yeah, TV yeah. crap. I cool, just started cool. this thing called uh, Now. Okay. Um, it's hmm. a series, and apparently um, you, they, you go into a town, and you never get out. Whoa. So you drive into the town. You never leave. And... The part that I've seen, it was like only half an hour. Um, I think they turn into vampires. Oh, yeah. Whoa. So it's looks like it might be okay. pretty good. I'm down. Sounds interesting. Yeah, I think it's on uh, uh, something. Television streaming <laughs> yeah. show. Yeah, Prime. It's on a subscription. Prime. Prime. Okay. you to pay a million dollars for? <laughs> yeah, <A> million. In, <laughs> yes. That's all. Sorry, uh, Roxy, how about you? Um, I haven't really watched anything, but I watched Hacksaw Ridge. Okay. That was pretty sad. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I just watched the Super Mario movie in theaters. Kind of. Okay. Again. Or like watched it again. That good? Um, my mom wanted to go see it because she's in town. So. Okay. And we were in... The row that's closest to the TV screen. So you're like, wow, yeah, I've already seen the, this once. Yeah, that's always a fun spot to be in. Yeah. Especially like in the old school theaters because you were like right up on that yeah, bitch. Yeah, I know. It was awful. 
she sh she thought well she says that she thought that she bought tickets for the back row not the front row but when you're buying tickets it clearly says right the fuck here screen <laughs> that's, yeah. that's not my fault my parents were already there so yeah. my yeah. mom was already there so yeah yeah like when we had uh passes for an advanced screening of the crazies remake there was so many fucking people there we were front dead center nice no, not yeah, nice. I know <laughs> sarcasm. But I did get to, did get to meet Muhammad Ali. That was kind of cool. Whoa, oh. he was there. Okay, that's, that's cool. Wow. Why he was there watching a horror movie? I'll never fucking know. But want to be kind of spooked, you know? <laughs> it uh, crowds out the voices in his head. <laughs> just blows over the ears. <laughs> Starts fighting everybody. <laughs> uh, Cameron, what have you been watching? Um, just finished up a TV show, Fleabag. Yeah. I've heard of that. With, uh, so you guys did finish, huh? Yes. And I got super depressed. Like, I'm watching it. And I'm like, this is the last episode, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, it is. And then when it hit, oh, you're done. I was like, oh, I guess I'm done. <laughs> I'm just, like, starting to cry. It was really good. It's a really good series. <laughs> it is. Um, and then just... Did another watch of uh, the Dungeons and Dragons movie with Chris Pines. Okay. Uh, Honor Among Thieves. And it's really good. Yeah, a lot of jokes. Yeah, so a lot bad. of jokes. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, like, it doesn't push Dungeons and Dragons in, like, such, like, a corny right. way. Mm -hmm. Like, it actually is, like, it just feels like just another, like, fantasy movie. Okay. But it's it's a really fun watch. I think they, did you, did you think they, hmm, how do I say this? With words. Yes. I can't think word dumb fuck ass. I have to cuss a couple of times and that makes me start thinking again. Yeah. Um, like one does. The Warcraft movie. What Warcraft movie? Uh-oh. Oh, God. Oh, no. It was no. nothing like that. No? No. Oh, wait. I yeah. hear this one's good. Warcraft wasn't. I think. Yeah, because I think it tries to like. I've push seen it. Too I've much. seen the Dungeons and Dragons film, but I'm yeah. saying like compare and contrast. Like, so everybody says that the Warcraft film was just fucking talking oh, talk shit. No, yeah, it, really it like got that. lambasted. Yeah, yeah? it got mm -hmm. lambasted. <laughs> I like that movie. Probably because I like Warcraft so fucking much. But I was just like, I don't care if it sucks. I'll watch it. You know, like I like it because of Warcraft. You know. Yeah. See, I went and saw because I played World of Warcraft for way too many fucking years. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was having other kids come over and we were hooking up the computer so we could play Warcraft like oh, against like a each land other. Party? Mm -hmm. Back in yeah. the day. Yeah. You were what? We were land partying in the in the computer oh, room. I? Uh, I don't know. I'm drunk? Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm making jokes. I'm, I'm making jokes. I'm making jokes. We had a great childhood. Uh, no. <laughs> land jokes. party. Is that like where you use Bluetooth or? Yeah. <laughs> Land in comparison to sea? What, like, what's this old school technology? <laughs> say, what is this actually getting in a room with people and playing a game? Yeah, right. Land solo. <laughs> uh, and we played, actually, we did play Warcraft and also Doom 2. And we, oh, put, well, we played Warcraft 1 and Warcraft 2 once the second yeah. one came out, but we played Dooms. And the, I don't know, whatever other ones that we could play, Land. We used to play, uh, if you remember, Tribes. Yeah. We played the fuck mm. out of that land party. Uh, Outlaw, Jedi Knight. Mm. We Starcraft, man. Yeah, dude. Pong. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shit was dope. It was like, what side? Where's it going? Where's it going? I don't know. I got it. 
And then the other person's like, oh, fuck, it's coming at me. What's going to happen? And they hit it. And oh, I was really, like, fuck. Really? Yeah, that's <laughs> much more complicated no, than that. <laughs> no, it's really intensive. My friend got an Atari for her birthday, like, years ago. And mm. I'm like, you move the Joy-Con, just like, Joy-Con, joystick, just just a little bit. And that oh, those old like, 2600 mm. fucking controllers, those were yeah. so shitty. Even the twist paddle ones oh, are yeah. bonkers. They're just, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wow, you need a lot of like yeah. hand-eye coordination for this. Yeah. And, oh, I don't know oh yeah, if you tried ever tried to play Breakout with one of those fucking twisty ones, <laughs> you were screwed. Yeah, <laughs> I feel a seizure coming. <laughs> you're like, I have a DPI on my house now, so yeah, if it's Aaron, a little too fast. I just yeah. I actually think Aaron down. still has my original Atari 2600. Hell yeah, good. <laughs> Tell him to hold on to that shit. Well, I know he still has the NES, and he bought an old tube TV so he could use the fucking blaster. Good. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Jesse, what have you been watching or reading? Nothing interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's honest. <laughs> but, no, nah, I mean, I think the only show I watched at all this week was, like, an old school South Park when they, they were talking about, like, during the pandemic. You should go back and watch it. It's really interesting. The pandemic yeah. special? Yeah, I did watch that one where they, uh, uh, he sprinkles cocaine He's like, uh, oh yeah. <laughs> what are you doing, Randy? You can't do this. It's illegal. He's like, I got this. He passes it. He's like, oh, it's not that hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Santa outlaws liquor, so he's like, I gotta get the whole town messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Those episodes are badass. Jesus is like, what are you doing, getting everyone high on coke? God damn, this is some good shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, those boys. Those yeah, I'll watch good. South Park sporadically, but it's been a long time since I've watched it religiously. It's just, what, it's been 27 fucking years? This season's really good. Is it? This is one of the better, oh. better seasons right now. Like, yeah. It goes on and off. Like, last season was okay, but this season, they've, they've been on the ball. What I like about how they produce South Park is that they start making it six days before it premieres on TV. Yep. Like there was a documentary. I've seen Six yeah, Days yeah. to Air. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how fast they Definitely pump a it. fucking episode yeah. out. Well, Six and days it also helps air. that they've reached the status where they're just like, you're not going to cancel us. Oh, yeah, and now everything is, because they changed their animation style, everything's, all the characters are preloaded into the computer. All you have to do is just move it around, do whatever fucking animation you want to fucking do. It's really easy for them to manipulate oh, yeah. an episode. I think what takes the most time is getting the fucking editors to approve the script and the shit that they say. Well, if you watch them, it's getting fucking Matt and Trey to finish a goddamn script. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like I heard that's what was wrong with Rick and Morty, too, that they fought a lot. Um, oh, there's a lot of fucking infighting with that yeah. show. Who's the guy that does the uh rick's voice did you see the stuff justin on that? roiland yeah yeah he's like all the dr- all the charges were dropped and shit i knew this day was coming you guys all fucking who shit on me like whatever yeah i think that's <laughs> that really what he said it pretty much is, i mean i think that's a fair way to put it yeah and i feel kind of feel bad for the guy because the damage is already done in yeah. public eye yeah he can be but exonerated of all but charges. He, but, he, but he built an empire, there. dude. And if it was oh, all, yeah. I mean, you can, you, he, he's fine. I think he's fucking fine. But mm-hmm. he's going to have to work very, very hard to get that empire back up, though. I don't know. I do that, dude. Because as far I, as I understand, it's still canceled. I guess I'm just being optimistic and I believe in him. I, I don't see him as being as failing as this taking him down. Like, he's going to fucking bounce. I think in order for Rick and Morty to continue, he'll have to change networks. I don't hmm. think it'd be hard to sell it. No. 
Yeah. Or he could just do it. Look how many times Future Road. Well, he's already on Hulu. He's already on Hulu, right? With yep. fucking Solar Opposites. True. So, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. can go that route too. Um, I, this was an interesting week for me. I watched. I don't know if you've ever seen it. The Zombie Strippers. <laughs> I try it's every, a goofy, every, fun, every night of my dreams. Like, starring Jenna Jameson and Freddy Krueger's own Robert England. Oh, nice. Um, LA. Yeah. <laughs> he plays the strip club MC. I actually think I started to watch that. <laughs> it's, I, it's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> as hell. Oh, yeah, that's ringing a bell. It was called Zombie Strippers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that clicks actually, now. Yeah. Um, I watched. It was an eight late seventies film called The Prophecy. It was pretty much a glorified environmentalist film about killer mutated bears <laughs> in the woods. It's it's goofy as hell, but it's a fun movie. Hmm. Um, watched Antichrist. I do not recommend anybody go out of their way to see that movie. <laughs> Lars von Trier is a very very strange man <laughs> in some of the crap he shows. I think we talked about this. This is a scene where like it's a couple who loses their kid. She's losing her mind. So he's a psychiatrist, takes her to the woods to help her cope with grief. She ends up going fucking ballistic in the woods. At one point ends up knocking him out, bashing him in the fucking dick with a huge oh, yeah. weight. Okay. Then she proceeds to jerk him off yeah. and climaxes with the blood shooting everywhere. Yeah. That's how every man wishes. Don't, don't go out of your way to yeah. see this movie. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's definitely want... on the bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of that movie? Antichrist. Antichrist? Yeah. Yo, I got Antichrist last night, dog. It was so tired. <laughs> <laughs> watched quite a few episodes of big bang theory oh <laughs> nice wow, okay and i don't know what got me in the fuck i watched a shit ton of archie bunker's place which i haven't watched in years archie bunker's oh. place i don't know it was I've the seen sequel to all in the family it was after edith died passes away mm -mm. Yeah. yeah i've seen a couple um and then the rest of my week was occupied by two movies I watched the Camp uh, Crystal Lake Memoirs and Never Sleep Again, the Night uh, Elm Street Legacy. Between those two documentaries, set aside a lot of time. Each movie is about six and a half hours. Whoa! They are detailed documentaries. Is it like the making of? It's literally they go like talking with cast, crew. On every single Friday the Thirteenth film and yeah. Nightmare on Elm Street, film. the janitor, the so drug dealer, like, yeah. everybody, Basic, uh, behind the scenes, like just extended. Yeah, and like all brand new interviews and shit. That's hype. And yeah, the company that made uh, is made by the same company. Um, they get really detailed when they do documentaries on, especially on horror franchises. What's the coolest fact you learned from it? From which one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Two six hour. Both. I, I yeah, like both. the fact that in the Nightmare on Elm Street one, it goes. I've heard stories in the past, but it goes more in detail of where Wes Craven got the idea for Freddy oh. Krueger from. Okay. Um, as everybody knows, that the premise of the Dream Demon 
came from an article he read about a kid in the Philippines who was sure he was going to die in his sleep. Um, kid had 20 fucking Mr. Coffee makers in his fucking bedroom to make sure he wouldn't fucking sleep. And one night, uh, he just passes out. His dad carries him to bed, puts him to bed. About 20 minutes later, they hear blood-curdling scream. By the time they get to the room, kid's dead. Completely fucking dead. Huh. So that's so the where, coffee got to him. <laughs> that sucks. That's where the idea for the premise <laughs> came from, but I guess the Freddy Krueger character came from. Like he lived uh, in a uh, Hell's Kitchen in New York, and his parents were out one night, and he, I think he said he was like twelve or thirteen years old, and he was just hear heard noise out on the street, goes outside, and the dude wearing the Freddy hat is walking, stops and looks straight up at him. And I guess Wes Craven like ducks down out of the window side and then creeps back up and he sees the man walk into his building. Then you hear the door to his floor open, came to the door and starts pounding on the fucking door, pounding on the fucking door. And eventually the guy left, but he liked the idea of this guy just wanting to freak the shit yeah. out of a little kid. Okay. So that's kind of the visual image of where it tells you something that a little kid enjoys the idea of a little kid getting terrorized so he started yeah yeah that's healthy he's no different than (laughs) i was (laughs) i loved being terrified that's true i was kind of an ass little kids at (laughs) read a a movie yeah you were telling little kids that there were monsters under their bed (laughs) oh my god sometimes you just have to be real with them right (laughs) I think you were like 10 and you were telling like, a, you know, there's monsters under your bed. And we're like, oh, great. Santa's yeah. under your bed. He's a child molester. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As you're handing me like a little, you're rewarding me with popcorn. I'm like, oh, thanks. Crunch, crunch. Well, I used to tell my brother when I had to fucking watch him because he, he's six years younger than I am. Um, when I had to watch him and he was taking a bath and I, time to get ready for bed and refuse. And I would just walk in there and fucking unplug the tub i'm like you know if you don't get out of it, you're going down the fucking drain dude <laughs> he was scared like he wouldn't from that point on if you saw anybody go to push that thing he was immediately out of it nice. he thought he was going down the fucker i give him a shit about that still to this day but you should get him a plunger for christmas <laughs> for like his fucking christmas tree mom and dad used to say that the um pool pump would eat me if i didn't get out okay well because then because that's how our sister got died is because mm. it got eaten by the pool pump. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh. So that's the excuse they gave you. Yeah. Was the pool pump? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. the pool pump. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got like, you know, fourteen other sisters apparently that have all died tragically. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like some were left at parks, or I was traded for one at a park, or yeah. I don't know. Remember when you found out that you weren't adopted and you started crying? <laughs> well. <laughs> I remember telling everybody in the neighborhood I was adopted. And then when we told you you weren't, you were crying. You were mm. like, and I go, there's not a second family that loves you either. So yeah. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. Still haven't found that third or that fourth family either. You're on your own, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lonely road. Oh, my God. Sorry. I think that pretty much sums up everything I've watched. Yeah, agreed. Lonely road. You want to get into this mess? <laughs> Let's uh, get started. Right, um, gonna, what is this? We're going to listen to the trailer and we'll be back to talk about it.
Ben Sanderson is an alcoholic Hollywood screenwriter who has lost his job, his family, and his friends. With nothing left to live for and a sizable severance check from his boss, he heads to Las Vegas to drink himself to death. One early morning, he drives drunkenly from his Los Angeles home down to the Las Vegas Strip. He nearly hits a woman, Sarah, in a crosswalk. She chastises him and walks away. Sarah is a prostitute working for abusive Latvian pimp Yuri Butsov. Polish mobsters are after Yuri, so he ends his relationship with Sarah in fear that the Poles may hurt her. On his second day in Vegas, Ben looks for Sarah, introduces himself, and offers her $500 to come to his room for an hour. Sarah agrees, but Ben does not want sex. Instead, they talk and develop a rapport. Sarah invites Ben to move into her apartment. Ben instructs Sarah never to ask him to stop drinking. Ben says, and he will not criticize her occupation, and she thanks him for it. At first, the pair are happy, but soon become frustrated with the other's behavior. Sarah begs Ben to go see a doctor, which he refuses to do. While Sarah is working, Ben goes to casino and returns with another prostitute. Sarah returns home to find her, find her in bed and throws Ben out. Shortly afterward, Sarah is approached by three college students at the Excalibur Hotel and Casino. She initially rejects their offer by stating that she only dates one at a time, but eventually agrees when she is offered an increased price. When she enters their hotel room, the students change the deal and demand anal sex, which she refuses. When she attempts to leave, they beat and violently gang rape her. The following day, Sarah is spotted by her landlady returning home bruised, and they evict her. Sarah receives a call from Ben, who is on his deathbed. Sarah goes to visit Ben. The two of them make love, and he dies shortly thereafter. Later, Sarah explains to her therapist that she accepted Ben for who he was and loved him dearly as credits roll. So, let's start this off just going around basic, basic impressions, and did it meet what, if you had any expectations, did it meet it? <clears throat> Uh, I think in regards to sex, I don't really have too many expectations really about it. I mean, you just kind of told me the premise of it, and then I watched the trailer, I think, and then I think I just started to just watch the movie, and uh, it's exactly what it fucking says it is. And you watch that process over an extended period of time, yeah. and it kind of was like a fucking Aronofsky film. Where you see the fucker, and then he just slowly dies through the film, and then at the very end, he finally dies, and that's yeah, it, yeah. I'll wait till it gets around to me. Yeah, what do you think? Um, it was one of the hardest movies I've watched in a long time. It really hit home. Yeah, or, yeah it hit just yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie hits on a lot of cylinders for a lot of yeah. People. yeah. It was pretty brutal for me. I agree. Oh, uh, Roxy. Um, this film was definitely unique. Um, I think they did a pretty good job on it. You feel <laughs> like it was know. close? I. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about the film. I guess. Oh, really? It, it, it's yeah. hard. It's a rough one. So yeah, I can get that. Uh, Cameron, 
Um, I think I kind of agree with Seth. It was just like, oh, I'm going to go to Vegas and drink myself to death. And I was like, well, yeah, that's exactly what you did. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think I did assume that he would maybe turn a, like, whatever. But I originally like, thought, saw this. That's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. And then when it didn't, I was like, oh, well, like, it's kind of actually a better ending that he just... Yeah, it it's not the Sappy cherry orange. on top of the ice cream sundae ending. Yeah, they and it was kind of like to go he was dark. pretty fucking committed to drinking himself to death. He didn't eat any food, and he tells her like, "You can't get me to stop drinking, right?" So don't. And don't she try. even tries yeah. to get him to eat. Oh right, and he doesn't want to eat, no. and he doesn't want to go to the doctor. He doesn't want help. He's like, "I'm gonna drink myself to death." Like that was mission objective number one, and that's it. He, yeah. he burned his passport. He burned everything that like showed it, like. Every, he's like he was like the moment I saw that he burned his passport, I was like, "This bitch wants to die." Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, he wants to die bad. Um, yeah, like he's literally burning his life away. Like mm. he, he's done. He's done. Like yeah, after this, memories like, are gone. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, yeah, there was a lot of like tough scenes where I was like, "Hmm, Jesus Christ!" Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I'm a little more worried for her than I am for him. But yeah, it's just sad for the both of them. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but if there was like a rating, ten, whatever movie, I think I'd just give it a six. Six out of ten. Yeah. What'd you think? That's fair. Yeah, it covers alcoholism pretty good. I've met <laughs> his, Nicolas it's, Cage, yeah. they made him look like an alcoholic. I've met someone who was on that same level, and like I was like, holy shit, this yeah, reminds yeah. me of this guy yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Like when he was on the deep end of his alcoholism. Yeah. Like this yeah. movie is the most accurate representation of alcoholism i've ever seen put on it on film and part of that goes to nick cage being who nick cage is he insisted on actually drinking in the movie so he could portray portray this dude's alcoholism yeah like he looked sick like i was like oh yeah like oh yeah, they, they did a good job with the makeup. Yeah, I mean, cause and he looks the, like he was on heroin. The research he did on it, like what withdrawal tremors look like, mm-hmm. it is scary fucking accurate. Yeah, scary fucking. Like I read this thing. I've seen this movie quite a few fucking times. It never gets any fucking easier to watch I, this movie. I read this thing that said um, the scene where he is playing poker and he like freaks the fuck out and he's like, you know, that's my son. You know, trust me, that's my son. Apparently, he really did black out in that scene, and yeah. that was just like naturally what he his subconscious yelled yeah, in really. that spot. Yeah, yeah. really. Um, yeah, that was wow. the first time they let him he go really full black out into like, the character. Mm-hmm. They, they really wow. got into that. That's character. dedication. Yeah. Jeez. Um, what actually makes this movie even fucking sadder? Um, it's based off a book by John O'Brien, and the character of Ben is a semi-autobiographical version of him. Uh, The book was written in 92, kind of like, oddly enough, Basketball Diaries, and the movie came out in 95. Um, When he sold the rights to the novel in 94 to be made into a movie, and he knew that his book was going to be seen by the world, he killed himself. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And when his dad made the first public announcement, he's like, well, you all knew this was coming. The book was his suicide note. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Because he he was a legit, as 
alcoholic that Ben was in this movie. Right. Like, and all he wanted was to make sure that his his novel was being made into a film. And once that was, the film was already being shot, he took his life. Well, it's crazy. When you meet certain alcoholics, there's, it doesn't seem like there is much of a game plan in there. Because I no. know a few people that are still on that page. Like, they get off work, they go to a bar. And that's just their life, Monday to Sunday. Yeah. You're just, it's real. But 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 that's one thing, drinking at the bar. Like, I drank a lot by myself. Like, yeah. when no one was around. Like, heavy sauce. Like, just, this is what I'm doing. Just gonna fucking get blacked out by myself. And that's what I did, too. So, like, that's how I knew. It was like, this is pretty bad. But when people start telling you, hey, man, you're kind of a... I'm an asshole. I'm like, yeah, that's real. <laughs> this movie, this movie hurt the fuck out of me. I teared up the first time I watched it. I teared up like just because I, I felt, I felt him. I felt um, like except for, but for the most part, I felt a good chunk of the aspects of where this dude was coming from because I've been there. Like I've never, I, I've hit my own rock bottoms that may be parallel with that kind of you know with the, what they show in the movie, but nothing obviously like him. But I've definitely been on that self-destructive path where it's just like, yeah, it's time. Like that's this is what we're gonna just like see and drink, and obviously you know I I never did anything, but I've Thank had God. people do it. You know what I mean? I've had people very close to me like just drink themselves to death, literally, and that shit was that's like this movie is pretty much everything that I've been imagining in my head how it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's fun. that's why yeah. it like fucked me up so bad. Like I was like I want to yeah. see this again, but I kind of don't want to see this again. No, because it it reminds me that you included, but some other friends I have too, where I'm like, damn, yeah, it's yeah. way too close to home. Yeah, and yeah. there's like nothing you can. You kind of have this moment where you realize like well, they got to figure it out because that's their path that they're taking. Yeah, it's rough. How do you think the film handled the subject matter of the destructive nature of addiction and self-destruction? Well, I mean, he lost his wife. He lost his kid. He lost his job. He lost his job. He lost his life. And he lost it. Well, he took his life. I think there's an interesting... He didn't lose it. He took it. Oh, that's true. I think there's an interesting parallel between the hooker and him, though, where she's, like, seeking out therapy and trying to get her head straight and he's just down in a bottle yeah i think they do an interesting job of like she got raped she get punched she's been through some shit but like she's going to see a therapist to deal with her stuff him he just couldn't get past the bottle he didn't want to get past yeah and i think that that's the the hardest thing for me in this movie is he truly did love her and she truly did love him but they're they're not good for each other even though yes she he accepted her for who she was and she accepted him for who he was sometimes that's not a good balance in a relationship do you think you love somebody harder if you know they're gonna die in a week i think she definitely when she was like um she wanted to like be with him for like his last couple of weeks. I think she was like, "I'm I'm gonna be here for you. I'm gonna save you because in some way like he saved her yeah. in like some twisted way." So he was like, it does well, "Even like when it first gets brought up, she like laughs it off as a joke that he's joking. Well, why are you want? How long do you think that's gonna take? And you four weeks. Um, then as it progresses, she's trying to get him to eat, trying to get him to eat, realizing that he's 
fucking serious. And that's when she turns, tries to get him to go to the doctor. Can I help you? Can I help you? No, but he still refuses. He wants to fucking die. Yeah. And when somebody gets to that point, there's nothing that you're going to be able to fucking do to get them to change their damn mind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, making the choice to die is no more different than making the choice to, let's say, not die by by not drinking anymore, right? Like, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> and he still used to make that choice. Um, but he did. And he was, motherfucker, was committed. He had a good ass time. It's, it's just, it was so genuine. You could see it in both their faces. When they both saw each other, their faces was light. You could see the love that they were portraying in this in this film. Like that's what was like so hard. It's just like they did love each other so fucking hard, even though they are both misfits. He has a plan. She's gonna try to save his ass, but I think she knows yeah. it's time to motherfucking die. It's a it it's the definition of a toxic relationship. Yeah. I was gonna say I Chemical saw it a little different. I mean, I saw all of that, mm-hmm. but the part that made me started to cry i think is um they were both so broken she was oh, such, yeah. they were two broken people and to the point where she would take him because that's how broken she was mm-hmm. and what she would put up with and it hurts it hurts as people get to that point in their life where they feel that's all they are good enough to be with yeah. is someone like that because yeah. they are so broken and yeah that's how i came no, across that makes total the, sense as, as, seeing the woman you, part of it. You, yeah, you... you Because you, I think I may have been there once for like a day. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's, I'm pretty clean record from what I understand. Um, <laughs> still here and got all your limbs. No, is. I mean being broken and yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and accepting whatever idiot wanders into the... Yeah, they say that sometimes <laughs> we, we accept those that we, yeah, that we we feel like we deserve and yeah. sometimes... It's not what you exactly. expect for somebody else. Mm-hmm. You're just like, in my eyes, I feel like you deserve this. and But they're like, no, this is what this is what I'm, what I'm with. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. real. I feel like so. also a couple times in the movie, she like tested to see like, oops, uh, like who he loved. Was it like actually the alcohol or was it, was it her? Because there were times where like, I feel like uh, it should be like, oh, let's just have like have a nice, like a nice dinner. Like I made her eggs and he's like immediately going for the bottles. Right, like, and she's like, all right, well, I can see that, like. Well, it's probably triggering him because that's, like, a normal family life. And well, that's, he's like, and he, like, I left that. That's family. not just the thing, though. Yeah. He had to drink that those bottles to get himself steady enough to be able to sit at the table with her and not be That shaking. is true, yeah. Because then, yeah, it was the same thing at the bank. Like, yep. he couldn't. And then, yeah, that is true. And, yeah. like. Again, like a lot of this stuff in this movie is scary fucking accurate. Um, when this movie came out, it got criticized so bad for its portrayal of fucking sex workers and addiction. Do you think they handled it successfully, sensitively, or did they fall into stereotypes? I would say it's pretty accurate. Yeah. 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 I mean, when I was hooking, that definitely. <laughs> I have. I had definitely a couple showers. Because this movie would have been easy to go into fucking stereotypes. Yeah. Very easy to fall into that. No, I think they. I think they did a good job getting the the raunchy and then the normal, I guess, stuff. I think they took it to where the the level they needed to. Yeah. Down in the gutter where it really is, mm-hmm. if, and they had to be that. I mean. Unfortunately, yeah. yes. I mean, and then, like, how yeah. she had, like, a pimp, basically, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, they were showing the extremes of both. They were showing the extremes of alcoholism and the extremes of hooking. And that's, right. that's, yeah. And, and 
But I feel like with that, if you read into like how prostitution works, most of those girls do have guys, and it turns into mm-hmm. one of these. Of Especially like, in places like you are going to work for me, or I'm going to make your life hell. Right, mm-hmm. but they also have protection too. You know, the girls usually have somebody well, go that's with what them. I mean. Yeah, it's... but it means that you're working for somebody. Right, and I think that's why she so quickly turns to Ben because Yuri does not respect her at all. Ben does respect her. And she, she needs wants somebody to care for and take care of. That's why she offers him to move into his her place. Yeah. Oh, that see, I sense. thought that you cut the chick that you like to show her that you love her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of read the room. If you think about oh, man, it, though, I gotta cancel that. He did have feelings for her by letting her go before the fucking Polish mob came and killed them both. Yeah, which was tight. You know, he was sweet in that aspect. But he was still a douche. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I cut yeah. you, but I won't get you it's killed. It's like cattle. You just brown them. Brand. Mm-hmm. brand whatever. <laughs> Yuri was here. <laughs> What'd you think of the overall cinematography in the film? Reminds me of old school Vegas. It's, well, 90s. It's it's different than now, so it's old school. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, definitely 95 cuts. Like the 95 is like the cuts and... The, you, know, you know it's vegas how, how how many different ways can you really fucking film vegas it's all the same shit over and over again big neon lights yeah. the circus circus you know um, like it was it was dark you know all the scenes where he was there the lighting was pretty dark when they were having fun there was bright lights when he was down in his low i what did anybody else think that it was a dead giveaway in the end scene when it was just like him and it was just kind of oh. like a silhouette of his ass and then you can just kind of see him you know, the blinds open up and he's just yeah there. like when because like, it, it looks like a hospital bed right like the mm. way that or like a morgue table kind of deal yeah. with like you just put the dead body and like it's all stereotypically like the toes are just popped up there and it's just a sheet covering him yeah, yeah. and he's just like tweaking out and you're like yeah, that guy's gone. Yeah. yeah, I think they did a really good job with the lighting on all sorts of, like, scenarios. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's just, they did a good job. I feel yeah. like they really captured his crazy eyes. Like, Nicolas Cage is an ugly motherfucker, and they really got him. <laughs> Sorry, really ugly What the fuck? Dude. She says they fuck all the time. What's I, no, I love Nicolas Cage. He's uh. not ugly. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> See, I knew where she was gasping with that one. <laughs> that yeah. guy is ugly. Okay. <laughs> This is opinion one. You can get your turn. Tell me how gorgeous he is. He's not. He looked and they pretty really awful got in this. That in the yeah. eyes. when he's bad. He doesn't look good. But yeah. in, <laughs> he's subjectively good and like, yeah. No, he just. <laughs> I'm happy he got to be his his like over exaggerated self. Like he got to add his like because yeah. it works with this type of character. Because mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, he's he can be goofy because he's drunk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What I think really helped with the dark grittiness that this movie is, I like the fact that they shot this on 16 millimeter yeah. as opposed to 35 millimeter yeah. because it's grainier, it's grittier, it's grimier. It adds to the drama. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and because like doesn't look as polished. Vegas as is gritty, right? This is like yeah. a shitty bad Vegas dream, right? Or nightmare. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. is what I meant to say, nightmare, because it's you know it's it's filmed that way. A bunch of horrific things as one does to himself. This other one, woman has happened to herself. I mean, it, it is it's a Vegas nightmare, man. And to ends in suicide. And also, I think with the film, it really like when it dims like the neon light, it shows like, oh yeah, by the way, like Vegas at like night is kind of like 
sketchy and shady and all it this can, like it's bad stuff. Very like, this dangerous. Happens. Yeah, and <laughs> so when they like light it like that, you're like, it doesn't give you that glamorous blow all my money gambling. Like you know how like some mafia yeah. movies or some whatever yeah. they're like. It's all bright and whatever, because it's Vegas. But in this one, it's this is Vegas. Yeah, it, and this is Vegas at night, no, and it blows. That is yeah. the Vegas I know. It's, yeah. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> Vegas is just turning one of those gritty little cities I hate going to. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. like once you hit part of Vegas where they have the, the double down saloon, you see the CD side of fucking yeah. Vegas. Mm-hmm. See, Vegas is always my Disneyland. I, oh, I love to go like, there. Yeah. I was like, mm, I can drink in public and no one judges me. Twenty four hours I do it here, a day. They look at me. <laughs> yeah, it was tight. I that was my fucking place. You can sit at a slot machine and they bring you free booze. Mm-hmm. I could just pretend. Get me drunk, right? I'm gambling. I'm gambling. Oh darn! I lost. I lost. Booze, please. I'm gambling. I'm gambling. I remember being at a bar once, and they were like, just put $5 in the machine, let us serve you, and pull it right back out. I'm like, all right. Tie hmm. oh. Do you yeah. take it out? Did you? I I think I pressed play once or twice just oh. to make it look hey, like I was trying. Yeah. You can uh, hit the print payout ticket. Oh. Yeah. Oh. There's a chick that made like a couple hundred bucks just walking around collecting all the leftover change that's left over in the oh, slots yeah. and shit. <laughs> yeah, people Especially in Vegas wow. if you can grab those fucking tickets. Uh, they new it. side hustle. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the other, the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, the songs they put in this movie, like every song, the like, the lonely teardrops one gets annoying after a while. Yeah, I could have done with a little. But of those. every song, the lyrics are so in tune with everything that's going on in this movie. Yeah, and the mm-hmm. fact that Sting wrote so many fucking songs for this movie mm-hmm. is amazing. But they weren't uh, performed by him. Yeah. Were they? It was very much Sting singing those songs. Not Lonely huh. Teardrops, but the majority oh. of the songs. Huh. Hmm. I like the soundtrack as well, honestly. I do really feel like it helped paint, set the mood of just to the sorrow and the somberness and like just the... Well, and alcoholism too. Mm. To me, that is the sound of alcoholism. Yeah. Well, man, I, I'll be yeah. honest. Like, I got addicted to being sad. Like, I, I got hooked on being sad and feeling sorry for myself when I was drinking, like, real heavy. Like, if I could just sit in my... Just, like, sit in the shower and just fucking just be like, I'm a piece of shit. And, like, I loved it. Like, I, I was hooked on that. Like, for some fucking reason, I was just super into that feeling. And then it was just like... That's why, like, watching this dude just, like, fucking self-loathe and just be like, feeling sorry for himself and now he's just gonna fucking drink himself to death like i i I totally got that shit um the music helped set that mood sometimes when i was feeling shitty i would listen to songs that purposely made me feel worse um (laughs) because i was like i wanted that feeling of just being like i want to be sad right now and the drinking absolutely fucking made that shit a thousand times worse like when i quit drinking i was like i don't i got no reason to fucking be sad i have a killer ass life right Uh, but when i was drinking it's like no no everything fucking sucks i suck i hate everything i hate myself like i just want to die like that was like an everyday thing it's like i want to fucking die um but then then it's just like I don't feel that way anymore. It's fucking tight. Um, and so I agree. The music definitely added. Because that, that yeah. to me, the music is, and maybe it's the autism, but like music for me like really hits the the old emotional bones. Music can make or break a film. The 100%. soundtrack can make or break it. Mm-hmm. Like if that. you watch ha- Halloween without the score, movie is not scary. Movie does not work. The soundtrack and the score is what 
gives ambiance in the movie. You just gave Wes Craven like the biggest boner right now. He's like, thanks, man. <laughs> that was John Carpenter. John Carpenter. See, I'm mixing up my fucking And I hope the Wes Craven doesn't have, well, <laughs> he, he, he might, it might just be a boner. He's been dead for quite a while now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, From, rig- rigor mortis sets in. <laughs> right. Yeah, because that joke was so funny, he died. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh, okay, tight. Just double check. <laughs> that joke killed. Yeah. yeah. There we go, Jesse. Yeah. With the hat trick. Yeah, music was good. The yeah, the teardrop one did definitely get a little <laughs> annoying. But you're like, word that that is what it's like. Good for you. And what's because every other song is so fucking like melancholy. Yeah. This one's all upbeat. But if you listen to the lyrics, I'm like, the lyrics are fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and it's like that's it's what depressing it is. as hell. Yeah, it yeah. really was. Like, this guy's having a good time drinking, but what he's drinking about is depressing. I feel like mom is... Well, I thought uh, it was the worst music I've ever heard in my entire life. That's fair. <laughs> Jeez, I didn't... I'm, yeah. So we maybe preferred, like, um, I, I Nancy just, Sinatra or something? I know. I just feel like, it, in my opinion, I don't think that... But then again, I never felt that bad. Mm. So I guess I would have to feel that bad to think that music was good that's fair do you know what i mean, I mean yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i don't I think the music was necessarily good i just feel like it's music that you'd hear in a bar full of depressed drunks there yes. we go i've mm-hmm. been to plenty of bars like that where i'm like maybe it's not that in arizona it's usually old country tunes yeah, yeah. but i'm like no in the right city that's exactly what be playing in a bar lounge lizard lounge li- a lounge lizard in the desert no. You go to yeah. a bar at like 10 a.m. in some random city that likes that kind of music. That's what's playing. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. Dudes are wandering like in who just drew blood to go pay for their drinking for the day. <laughs> <laughs> I murdered some guys. Let's go have some beers. <laughs> yeah, it was very like neutral, somber music. So you're like, yeah, it was all right. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. That's fair. Yeah. All right. <laughs> The, uh, obviously, you feel bad for the Nick Cage character, but uh, Elizabeth Shue, there's two scenes in particular that I just, like, when the motel manager is calling them screw-ups and all this, just ridiculing her, ridiculing yeah. her. She's trying to help her clean up the mess. That's brutal. And then after she gets raped, and the, the cab, cab driver. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, she is literally beat up. Yeah. This entire fucking movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just taking shot after shot, no pun intended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a couple yeah. hits in there, yeah. No. And you would think the cabbie being in um, Vegas, he would be used to seeing that would be right. way more sympathetic. Like that, right. that, yeah. that scene yeah. pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Vegas cabbies yeah. are assholes. <laughs> yeah, like... But that was extreme. Some, like, of the mo- some of the most fucked up jokes I've ever heard in my life was some cabbie in Vegas. You're really? just like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're an angry fellow. Well, see why you're a cabbie. Yeah. <laughs> Were you in the cab when uh, Kevin was saying all that racist ass shit to the cab driver? And he, no? Oh, God. Me and some a couple well the poor souls that were with me. I mean, I remember might have been that Adam trip, or Eddie or somebody, but he was just going off and off and off and off. And the cab driver was like saying he was black, and I was like, dude, we're gonna fucking get killed in Vegas, right? So I was like, just drop us off here, just drop us off here, like we need to get the fuck out of here, like because this is gonna get real bad. Kevin was already blacked out by the time we got oh, there, so it's just know. like 
uh, let's have fun and see what happens. Oh, wow. Um, but just Vegas story. <laughs> oh, I remember that weekend. Yeah. I remember Kevin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That ride home was long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you poor fuckers. Yeah. yeah. No, that cab scene, I was like, yeah, that was really irritating too. I was just like, yeah, it's like, crazy. Fucking, I'll yeah, give that guy credit. He plays a perfect asshole. Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. You he know what? Nailed that shit. Yeah. Was, I feel like that some of the side characters i feel like they specifically made them like really negative and shitty to help with like the no reason to live like specifically those two yeah like yeah the way that maybe that's how the book is written though is like all the people around him were just so mean to him and so evil to him right and so like these are the people that he surrounds himself with and he's just like oh i'm a you know fucking nobody likes me and shit it's probably because he's a drunk guy but a lot of he victimized like oh everything everything sucks all the people around me hate me and so and no one wants me around but he's yeah. not paying attention to it unfortunately she has to take the heat for all that shit because he's just drunk and numb and doesn't pay attention to anything yeah. anyways he has no idea she's taking the brunt of it but she's also making the choice in all honesty i mean she fucking, and she's yeah. being the person that cleans up and she enables after. it all it's like the I mess. said, movie last week about heroin addicts. You surround yourself around those kinds of people. Don't matter if somebody got killed. Like you surrounded, you put yourself in a situation where something like that was bound to happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just what happens around those kinds of people. Yeah, but it also seemed like, um, and if this was written by him, um, as he was going through life, like the lady who ran the with the husband, mm-hmm. like was totally shitty too. Right. Her. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like. As she was down on her luck, it seemed like everybody who had been okay before started really coming down on her. And it was one thing run right after another. And yeah. I think that says how when people get to that point, how everything in their life, they start seeing negative. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a very true yeah. statement. And even yeah. though she was the one getting the brunt force, maybe in the, in the book for real, he's the one that actually was having those kind of... Like maybe yeah. those were real experiences or situations oh, that he used. Yeah. Absolutely, as, you know, for her. Mm-hmm. That's kind of sad. You could be just inadvertently. You could be the asshole, the last person that oh. says something to someone. Right, you have no and idea, and not even meaning to be that way, well, just yeah. because you're so caught up in yourself. Do you think that? Yeah, that's a great point, right? So, do you think the boss giving him that check knew, like? He's probably going to go drink himself to death now. Well, everybody knew because even like when uh, the character played by Richard Lewis at the beginning gives him the cash, he's like, please don't drink this in here. Right. He knows what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 That was the little hand. The lady that comes in and says that the boss wants to talk to him in his office. Right. She knows that he's gone. She knows what's going to happen with that severance money. She, everybody knows what's. Yeah. The end results, and they're be. just letting it happen. Yeah, then I honestly think that's why they let him go. Because there is he's going to so do it anyway. Do. We don't want to see. We don't want to witness. Right. So that's we don't that, want him. That's what we're learning is instead of society treating us like we have an illness, they just enable us to drink ourselves to death. It's, is that what I heard? Is everybody around? Nobody was treating. Well, she was kind of like, I want to take you to the hospital. You're sick. She was still enabling, but she wanted to get him help. Correct. But. 
but she everybody made a else promised to him mm-hmm. that she would not ask him to stop. But people that his friends or people that are close to him are like nobody really tried to help him out. Be like everybody kept saying you're sick, you're sick, yeah. but no one was helping him like he was sick. They were just disgracing him off like he was a drunk piece of shit. Well, when someone comes in and like, oh, I got I got AIDS or I got you know something like fucking cancer, do you just tell them to fuck off because they're gross and they have cancer? No, you you, you treat them like they have an illness. But it's very common in society and shit. You don't treat drunks or addicts that way. You treat them like they're fucking criminals, right? And that's kind of this is that's what I saw. And when when you when you need your friends the most, they're not there for you. They just for this specific instance. I mean, when it comes to alcoholism, that's yeah. the only disease you can get in trouble for having, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or people people get mad at you, right? I think that's a Doug Doug Stanhope joke, by the way. I'm not yeah. fucking. That's not my joke. <laughs> um, but that's that's what this to me also kind of portrayed as well. Is like you're sick, dude. You're sick. Everybody said you're sick. But it's like here's money. Fuck off. Go drink yourself to death. But I also feel like yeah. with him, he's at that stage of alcoholism where everyone's kind of like, you got to help yourself. There's not much you can do. There's a certain stage of addiction where, like, if they don't want the help, they ain't going to change it. Don't matter what you say to them. And he seemed like he was already so far past that point. So we can then assume that maybe in the past that they pulled him. Because nobody actually sat down and said, like, you're a fucking drunk guy. You need to get, like, you need to get yeah. help for real. Like, everybody just said you were sick. No one actually said, you know... Like you need to go to because like, that like that whole beginning stage like everyone is just so uncomfortable with him being there like what right. are you doing yeah. here like it's you can tell he's burnt a lot of bridges up to that point and yeah. everyone's kind of like dude you're drunk like why are we having this discussion again yeah I feel like it's already there and I think it also gets to the point where it's just easier to walk away and not watch it because as a society we're kind of lazy and 100%. you know what I mean because that's what most people do yeah you either. Yeah. You walk away and like put your head in the sand, mm-hmm. or you enable. That's the two top things that people do with any any sort of addiction. Um, on the topic of addiction, I think it's fucked up. The studio and the director had to fight with the MPAA for almost a year to get this movie released because they refused to take an NC-17 rating off this movie. Because they did not like the the subject matter. I think maybe the sex scenes are pretty brutal. <laughs> what? Not the, past a rated R setting, though. No, like I've yeah. seen worse. I've seen worse. I've actually seen R's. worse rape scenes, just with no nudity, in a PG thirteen movie. Well, but, even the rape scene, I don't think we actually saw any nudity. No, the, the only, only nudity, nudity you see yeah. is on th- at the motel. That's the yeah. only nudity in the entire flick. It's. I honestly think the fucking how the depiction of alcoholism was in this movie in '95 was so taboo. It's still that way, though. It's still. Oh, you fuck don't yeah. see addiction in movies that often, even though it's like. It's and a when huge you problem. do, it's a film like this, or well, so much so diaries. that if you notice that every single bottle of liquor, none of them have an actual real label because no alcohol company wanted to have their label associated oh, with ab- this film. Absolutely. Jose Cuervo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was it well, Jose? Well, oh, yeah, because they're the like, lowest. they don't give a fuck. We'll get paid. But <laughs> yeah, they're just like all the beer just said beer <laughs> or said light. Yeah. Vodka said vodka. This guy's having. You can do it too. Drink us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they know their clientele. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say. They Are you that. trying to yeah. drink yourself to death, Jose? We got you. We got you. We can get you there faster than four weeks. Settle, saying there's no such thing as bad advertisements. Yeah. That's right. Like we'll take it. Yeah. 
No, what do you think? Obviously, we talked about Nick Cage. Um, what do you think of Elizabeth Shue's performance as Sarah? Pretty good. good. Yeah. I think she did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. I fell good. in love with her, man. Yeah, good. Uh, act, uh, as, as a drunk guy, her, you know, just like this, this prostitute angel. It's like saving him in his drunken stupor. You know, I could just see that, like, and every time that <laughs> she's, every notch he goes down, she goes. High. You can physically see her breaking apart inside, mm-hmm. getting like more and more torn down. I felt right. like at some point she was gonna break down and go to his level, like do what he was yeah. gonna do like i really did feel that at some point mm-hmm. oh, yeah. oh you thought yeah. she was gonna start drinking too yeah and drink oh. herself to death with him oh that never even like crossed my you mind you can't yeah. beat him join him because yeah. like she went through all this like shit and then you see like her landlord who kind of like you felt like was like kind of on her side and then she's like well now you're bringing this drunk guy home and now unfortunately look how you came home i want you out and so she's like well I guess my and again, turn. that's like, fucked I, up. Like I see you, what you mean. You get beat up. Don't even mention the rape. Just you get jumped. You get evicted from your apartment for that. Yeah, it's it's fucked because I think Wait, it. It's because like, she looks even like how riffraff. She's walking though, you can tell. Oh, I realize, yeah. right? Yeah. But she, she's it, she's she's she looks like shit, and she is bringing in riffraff, and he, they don't want those kind of people in their community because it's a nice. Obviously, that dude is gay as shit, or that and that chick is or a man. She's probably a man. Um, but I also, did you notice that she, she thought it was cute that he was just passed out at her gate? She smiled yeah. and laughed and, you know, saw that. And she, you know, she was trying to make, I, I, I took it as she was making light of a bad situation for no, the landlords. She thought it was adorable. I don't think so. Yeah, because then when, like, she wakes him up and when you look at her face and his face and how he is, his face lights up and he's so happy to fuck and it's genuine as fuck. Yeah, and then think, she looks at maybe, him, too. Maybe. I think it was, like, um, when she saw him passed out there, she was like, oh, he, like, is out of the hotel, like, or the motel that we were talking about now. He's here with me. So mm. she's happy that yeah. he's there yeah. all drunk and stuff like that. And the landlord's like, well, he can't be drunk in front of my apartment like right. this is bad and she's like no it's great because he's here for me like I, i'm gonna trust me like i'll get him fixed up and then right. it didn't happen and then she's like okay well you're out it's, no cameron makes a good point this really is just a movie about women thinking that they can fix dudes and dudes are like you can't fucking fix me just let me fix myself <laughs> to death right like that's yeah like i said i'm going to kill myself like <laughs> yeah i spelled Whoop it out are, for you. yeah do you not see how many bottles of liquor are fucking here i did the math yeah yeah and do you, you want know. me to go see a doctor yeah eat your rice i love that yeah, first line that she says when they walk into the, the first line she says when they walk into his hotel room what this room needs is more booze. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's really fucked up in a romantic way. And she buys him the flask. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's when I started see. crying because I knew how broken she was yeah. to do that. Yeah. And when he, like, even he starts to break down and is like, I must be with the right girl. Yeah. It's like, like their relationship is so toxic, but it's honest. It's a very honest relationship. Well, it sounds fucked up, but there was a couple of times where 
I would just be like hammered as shit, just chilling on the couch. And I was like, I need to go get some more beer soon. And like Kristen would be going grocery shopping or something. And she brought home like a six pack one time. And like, I looked at her the same way that like he looked at that fucking flask. Like, like I know that this is hurting you. And yet you're still like, you, you brought me alcohol. Like I was so grateful for her. And I was like, thank you so much and shit. Like, but at, like feeling that and then seeing that in a movie and being like, huh, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Broken shit is broken. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they probably saw each other as like, you're not demonizing me for what I'm doing. Like yeah. you're, it's the enabling. Like, it is. Yeah. 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 Like you got me this flask, love you to death. And then I just won't say anything about, yeah. you know, your prostitution. And then she came home to somebody that wasn't Yuri being a little freak of nature. So should right? I ask like Kristen not- if she's prostituting? Cause she brought me beer that one time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would tread lightly with that one. Yeah, jokes are fun. <laughs> well, and then you know how he bought her the earrings mm-hmm. and said, "Wear them while yeah, so you can feel it while you're fucking some dude." Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, yeah. that was shitty. That was, yeah. yeah. I, I will say, I'm but that's the two-faced in, alcoholism. Yeah. He's so sweet and endearing all those times, but then you see the fucking the dark side yep. of it. And that's real. Yeah. That's, yeah. That is the real. I like that they it. didn't shy away from how graphic the language is. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's this fucking drunk. When you get to that point, you don't have a fucking brain mouth filter. What pops in here is going to come out here. Yeah. And everything he says, it, yes, it's repulsive as hell. And I'm happy they went that route because right. it would come out that way. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, and it wasn't really that vulgar. I mean, I I've heard some, so some drunk, of the crap drunk. that they say is pretty on the nose. Uh, oh no, for sure. But I mean, like in regards to drunk rambling, like all oh yeah, yeah, I've out, heard I've people said go way fucking worse. I've had people try to fight me in bars for the awful things that come out of my mouth when I'm hammered. <laughs> so how much of that movie? I feel he must have been blacked out the majority of his. Ex- you know what I mean? True. When you get to the How point of being blacked when out. Were, when you don't remember it, right? Yeah, I mean, but seriously, when people drink so much, and I don't know because I really haven't drank that much, but um, when you drink so much, you black out, right? Don't Hell yeah, you I call it stuff? time traveling. Yeah. Oh, you can Fuck very yeah. easily. I've watched, I've watched videos of myself doing things when I was blacked out, and it was like a full extended period of time that I don't remember at yeah. all. And it just seems to me, he. I wonder how much time he was always blacked out. Mm. Like... They didn't really, any of this research that I read about it didn't say anything about that. Yeah, because... But that's a good know. point, right? You're if talking you are, about the character or the real guy? Either, the, either or, I mean... The guy was probably blacked out 95% of the time. The yeah. So how do you write a book on book. being blacked out, hearing stories from other people? Maybe he Dude, wrote while yeah. he was blacked out. Yeah, because... Like, I hate to fucking say this. I've driven a car blacked out. Yeah, me too. And got home fine. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. a lot of crap you can do. It's called a blackout. You're still very much alert and doing whatever well, just the fuck you're right, doing. But, but my right, but just because you blackout, that's a, that's a that's the thing about that's computers. 404, a right? Not found. It's do you that, think about Hunter S. Thompson though? That dude used to get <laughs> obliterated in yeah, that right. Yeah. But psychedelics, you remember? Oh, but he drank. he, wa- he, wasn't he did drink a lot, a lot, but again, he was a fucking yeah, for sure. severe alcoholic. Oh, hands down. He and I applaud him for that. Yeah, no, that's where no, he get blacked out a lot too. That was his primary was right. Booze. So maybe that's why his writing style was the way that it was because he could just kind of make some of the shit up, right? That Gonzo style is accurate, I'm but just, again, I was fucked up, so how much of it really is accurate, right? Yeah. But he's mm-hmm. when he writes, like, Fear and Loathing, mm-hmm. that's a s- 
satirical take yeah. on addiction and shit like this. Where this one is right in your face. It's yeah. not a satire or anything like that. And I... Because what? This movie... Is it 10, it's going to be 30 years old in a couple of years. And like I said, I remember watching this when it came out. And it's still just as hard today to sit through this movie as it was back then. Yeah. It's a little harder now mm-hmm. over what personal shit in my life over the last 12 years. That's fair. Um, but I, I don't watch this movie religiously, mm. but I do watch it every couple of years because I do love the message of the movie. Okay. It's as bad as that sounds. <laughs> the message is he dies at the end. <laughs> See, and I think if I had watched it uh, in 95, I think I would have just seen it as just a movie and not even rated it at all. I would have had no connection to it, no mm-hmm. emotion, whatever, because my life was, like, amazing. Like, I didn't 10. have Cameron yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet little angel. Over. Yeah. Back when no. Rough Draft was yeah. still number one. Yeah, I know, right? Um, but I did Well, they were fucking me yeah. up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Thanks for that. Yeah. I hadn't met anybody that was an alcoholic. I had never experienced any of that. Do you know what I mean? No, and I then, thought Fred. Wasn't Fred a fucking... But drunk? that was when I was a teenager, and I don't really... I didn't really see any of that. Oh, I wasn't okay. there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But... Well, you didn't you saw the effects on your mom? No? Yeah, but Maybe. not too not that, that much. Yeah, hmm. it never really touched, felt. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so I, I mean, so it's just kind of weird when you watch things in a certain time in your life, and then like now it really hit me hard because yeah. life changed. So. Man, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. I felt the same way on that. Like, yeah. that. That ten years ago is different now. Now that I've like right. same thing. I took six months off. Not that I was a heavy. I was heavy enough. And then we were partying like, pretty hard, dude. Yeah. And then when I left, you were, I think that's when you got like hard, hard. Is what, I think you partied hard again. Well, then after, unless, yeah. Unless I brought I that out. I was a social yeah. alcoholic, though. It yeah. wasn't like, it was always social settings. But it's like, then I finally got like completely, like, I'm pretty much completely sober on everything right now. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, looking back and seeing the friends who didn't get out of that hole, it's yeah. like, yeah, that hits a lot harder from home. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah. I have a lot of friends who are going down that hole, and it's like there's nothing you can really do for them because they don't want to leave. Well, so that's that's like the interesting thing about this movie in, in regards to who's all in this room right now, right? I feel like to a certain extent, the majority of us have been able to find some kind of reflection in this film. But I mean, Cameron here, who is technically like the purest of the soul, <laughs> she has she's not, never been drunk. She's never done like done anything at all. Yeah. So it's like what. What did what what was this movie like to you? Seeing that it was just like the pure, <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be like that, or and you didn't really see me when I was wasted that many times. But well, <laughs> um, it like it was really eye opening because I was like, is it really like all the time? Like when he took it to the shower, I was like, okay, that has oh, to yeah. be dropped. Like no. that has to no, be dramatic. Shower beers shower are beer. the yeah. best, and that's fucking crazy beers. to me because I was like. Are you, are you there was like a guy that I uh, used to live mm-hmm. with for a while. It was an older guy. We called him NASCAR Gary. He'd wake <laughs> up at 4.30 in the morning when he'd wake up, crack a can of Budweiser. There was never not a beer can or beer bottle in his hand until he passed out in the evening. Never. And I just think that's... And when he was... <clears throat> let's say he was it's driving sad. someplace to the store, even to the fucking bar, 
He had an ice chest in his fucking truck mm-hmm. for road beers. Well, Jerry had fucking road beers. He hid them underneath the seats. I heard, I overheard y'all talking about it, and I was like, "That's lies." And then I got in the car with him one time, and we were driving somewhere, and I was like, "So I looked underneath the seat. Sure as shit, there was like five <laughs> or six just random beers." And I was like, "Grandpa, these are hot as fuck. What are you doing drinking these shitty hot beers?" You know, that's my little like five to ten year old brain. That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Gross, Grandpa." You know, like. <laughs> Like, do you know what I come home to? Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah man, that's fair. But you'd be surprised uh, what people will do when they're trying to hide shit. Like oh, dude, I've been on the bus and th- watching dudes drink fucking beers. Oh, fuck while yeah. lifting up a fucking newspaper so the camera in the front can't see him, and he's like, look, 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 and it was warm because he started oh, throwing it up pe- at the like, end. Yeah. I've yeah. seen people just on the bus. blatantly holding a fucking forty on the bus, chugging it. Yeah, I watched a homeless guy get drug off the train by an undercover cop because he was drinking in front of the kids because it was right before they got to Central High. Oh, no. And the dude was like, dude, you can't be drinking in front of these kids. And the old dude was like, fuck you, because it was an undercover. It looked like a normal dude. And then the fucking old guy, or the drunk guy started getting real shitty. And the dude just like fucking punched him and then dragged him out. And then all these cops just showed up because he was telling them like, hey, there's this drunk dude on the fucking train. Yeah, yeah. I've it was seen bonkers. that happen. I've seen that on the light rail too. Yeah. Dude dragged off by an undercover. Phoenix, oh, yeah. you know, so what's more traumatic, seeing a guy drink a beer or seeing a guy get pulled off and beat by cops? <laughs> on your way to school i mean let's yeah that's true i don't know i think that might send a positive message of like don't drink don't, don't drink, drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> could be worse though could be like new york i hear we hear stories of like homeless guys like masturbating at people and shit oh, oh, that's, that's a very train. true yeah that's a very so true i mean thing. i guess we're kind of lucky <laughs> yeah it'd be like the worst thing you see is some guy takes one swig and it's like bah, 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 yeah will not drink yeah this movie is very um like discouraging to drink and then just like with our family's history of addiction and how it just fucked us like yeah just like relationships burned other things it just teeth um, lost teeth lost (laughs) maybe a couple you're talking exterior family not us three sitting in here okay you are my only three family so yes everybody in this room all struggled with addiction yes no but it's just uh just being an alcoholic has not done any favors for anybody that I've known or seen and like did for Hemingway. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so I just will not drink. It's just, I've said it before of all the drugs I've seen people get addicted to alcohol is by far the worst. It's the closest to heroin, but it's the worst. It's worse than heroin. It is. I've seen people get off heroin. Alcohol just destroys people. It destroys them. We've mentioned this multiple times in this podcast. heroin you withdraw from heroin you feel like you're gonna fucking die alcohol and benzos are the only two things you can die if you're full completely addicted to it that you can die from withdrawals yeah oh yeah the dts will definitely kill you that's well even unfortunately that's that's why my mom's no longer with us yeah unfortunately it's real man um, yeah. um, and I had a huge fucking long debate with a buddy of mine because the first time he watched this movie, he was arguing with me that this movie glorifies alcoholism. I'm like, what movie did, he did watch you the watch? Fucking, yeah, exactly. I'm like, it's not glorifying it. Was he a drunk himself? Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, that's, that's why. <laughs> He's because, another one who's no longer with us. Yeah. Well, then that's why I said it's like when I was a drunk, I, you know, Las Vegas was my Disneyland. Like if I was a hammered ass dude 
And if I was going to go drink myself to death, that's exactly how I would have done it. I never would have drank myself to death. That would have been way different. But like, well, I just feel like with alcohol, there's this. It's legal and it's so public commercials and everything else that mm-hmm. nobody believes it to be like a drug i don't know how many teen people i've told to because for me like i've thrown ra- I, I was a promoter for raves and stuff Fuck for a long yeah, time they were tied as hell yeah no broken and up by the cops like, it was awesome we'd always discuss with people and be like well alcohol's a drug and they'd be like what do you mean it's a drug it's like it's a drug just because it's legal doesn't mean it's not a drug i've watched yeah. it destroy more lives than heroin like yeah. it's yeah. but look at all the pills that drugs, are drugs that we people take. just have this mind frame of like well it's advertised on tv how can it be a drug it's like it's still a drug you need to treat it yeah. like it's a drug but every other com- dude the big pharma's uh, medical uh marketing budget is bigger than any other industry on the planet like so pushing drugs to the society is something that we're used to right so alcohol is not portrayed that way because you're not prescribing well i guess they are prescribing it to have fun right they're like hey if if you shit too much at your butthole but you want to kind of have heartburn instead take this pill right yeah. if you have heartburn but you kind of want to shit out your butthole for like way worse than you want to and maybe die take this pill right so every other fucking commercial is some kind of medicinal i love thing. the ones where the side effect could lead to compulsive gambling. <laughs> That's my favorite. No, you know what's fucking bullshit? In Arizona, I heard a fucking alcohol commercial and it was like, uh, it said, drink responsibly, be 21. That's all it fucking said. It's like that's how you ha- that that's how you drink yeah. responsibly. Here's be fucking twenty one, dude. Yeah. What? Didn't, it didn't say don't drink and drive. It didn't say for the at least for the gambling ones. They say stop before you know you've got a fucking problem. You got a problem? Call this fucking number. Every single gambling one. But for alcohol commercials, there's none of that shit. None of the fucking drink. You know, stop if you think you have a problem. Reach out to somebody. Yeah, right? There's none of that shit. It's just like get hammered, have fun. Get hammered, have fun. Yeah. Because I think in like um not in like this movie, but in like a lot of just like um any fun movies it's always glorified like well they're having a party and you oh, drink yeah. at a party oh fuck yeah especially if you're watching like the... a college themed movie oh hands yeah. down that's and what the like, fun is yeah so it's like it's with like beer pong because you can make games out of it you know mm. the uh what is it that one game where you drink during thunderstruck and every time they say thunderstruck <laughs> you drink and yeah. keep going until they say it again and so you make a game out of it and it's fun yeah with like your friends and then drugs are not fun with your friends because they're drugs and they're not really glorified in movies unless it's like coke well to be fair drugs are extremely coke. fun with your friends just to throw that out there like <laughs> that, there's no hypothetically I didn't hear what you said oh i said that drugs are extremely fun <laughs> with your friends <laughs> so when and or if you decide to do drugs do them with your friends because it is kind of nice to have a babysitter. Plus, you get to see you know them get fucked up. You're like, <laughs> you're fucked up right now. And they're like, I don't feel so good. You're like, ah, you're a bitch. And then they die. And then you're like, okay, tight. So I got to find better friends. Right. Yeah, and then you just move on. Yeah. Well, find who has better friends who can hang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, only freshmen OD. What, what we Amateur. used to do is you'd take a full fucking bong rip. Then have to before you could exhale, you'd have to slam a twenty-four ounce tall boy. Damn. And then you could exhale the smoke. Fuck. See, you get screwed up pretty fucking. Oh quick yeah, man. Shit. Yeah. That's the road to alcoholism. Well, <laughs> right. we would we would get a skateboard and put it in between. It'd be me, Kevin, and Jason, and we'd have a skateboard in the middle of the room, and it'd be like a bong, like a shot, and then like a pipe, and then like a beer, 
and then Jason would have this paddle that we made in wood class, and we'd all have to put out some kind of like you know limb. It could be your knees, it could be your elbows, it could be your wrists, whatever. And then you just hold out your knee, and then he fucking hits everybody with the paddle, and he just keeps going, and then he goes as fast as he can, and the faster he goes, it starts hurting so fucking bad. And then whoever bitches out, they have to then do that line. And uh, Jesus Christ. Uh huh. And that's what we did uh, for for Kevin's birthday. And then I drove to Tucson with Nick afterwards. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Oh my Nick said I drove awesome. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, we had fun. Was he drunk too? Uh, yeah, not as much as me though. That's why I drove. <laughs> the champ. But we're lucky. Like, I mean, we can joke about it now, and it kind of hurts my heart. I oh, mean, and no, I want to cry. I anything, hate talking but, about it, but it's real. But I'm so glad you made it out. Like, I, I would hope that any of your friends or you would feel. You know what I mean? Like, I just I oh, can't I've, believe you went through that, and I'm I'm super super glad that you. Hey, you're kind of lucky. You didn't really see any of it, did you? I, no, I didn't. Oh. And if I did, I would have looked the other way. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> so. We're British and proud. <laughs> no, I He doesn't that, exist. He's the drunk. <laughs> fuck him. <laughs> Go sleep in the garage. <laughs> yeah, right. Hello, mama. Hello, no, mama. It's, Get to the garage. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I just, yeah, that's sad. And then your mm. friends. and It's really yeah. cool yeah. seeing it, though, because it's like, it's an inspiration to me, and I feel like it's an inspiration to a lot of other people. Like, I have a lot of friends. The ones who are sober, it's crazy, because those are the ones I still hang with, and the ones who are still on, and it's like, you know, you just kind of have a complete separation from them. You're just yeah. like, I can't be around that well, anymore. Well, the ones that were close to me, they stuck around by sobering up. Like, yeah. D, uh, DJ sobered up completely, Kyle sobered up. Um, who the fuck else? Adam. Adam, Adam never really did it, okay. but... Um, but yeah, just some of the like the closer people, they're just like, that's not really my jam anymore. Yeah, it's no. just like, I didn't, oh, Judd. Judd also sobered up. He hit it's like, yeah. one like I had year one friend year. who's just like, yeah, man, I'm on my six months sober. You went sober. And that's when I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let me see if I can do it. And then yeah. I went through my six months and now like I can go out and not drink and it's fine. Like mm-hmm. I don't have that temptation anymore. It's kind of nice. Or when someone tries to pressure for me, because for me, I was a social alcoholic. Oh, see, it's always in the back of my mind. Like it's, it's Oh, it's there too. The desire to do it is gone, but like the the fucking the voice in my head, I always it, Yeah. that I always called it it was like addiction. See, you had the alcoholism. Mine was just social. So I just caved to social pressure like, "Oh man, have a beer, have a shot, do all that." Mm. And it's for me to say no, and I finally had that point where I'm like, "No, I don't want this." Yeah because i always think like oh yeah this is gonna make the night a lot funner and then you kind of have right. a realization of like no this actually makes me less social and then right. i just wake up and feel like shit the next day or i'm gonna drink away my sadness like oh there i've got these i've got these these things that haunt me we all got demons and these things just fucking haunt me when i drink you know they go away but in reality it just makes me feel worse about them right? i think you gotta like eat some mushrooms or face your demons or like do both at the same time and just fucking I just was gonna face say, them that's a two for one right <laughs> yeah there. Uh-huh. mushrooms kind of have a way of forcing that on yeah, you yeah <laughs> that's on the to-do list i gotta do that soon so can I ask, um do you guys because both of you drank and um do you feel like you had you stopped because you finally hit rock bottom or did you stop before well you probably didn't hit rock bottom because you were social right um but he fucked himself Jesse, up a couple yeah. times and then and you, that probably hurt mine ego. was more just i had different goals in life i started running and training to do ultra marathons and for me it was like drinking just means i can't train tomorrow oh 
You don't think that seeing, I'm not going to say names, but seeing that one friend that I think you know you're talking about, seeing him like that way. That too. And maybe seeing me my way. But it was also just like, it was a complete break from that. I just had a lot of stuff happen go at once. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to remove myself from everyone for a while. Mm. It was just one of those. Like I lost my job. I had a complete, I don't want to say breakdown. What's it called? Burnout. I went through burnout and I was like. I went through two months of just laying in bed and just being like, I need to reset for a while. Yeah, that's good for you, though. Sometimes you And then I kind of hit a point of, like, when you go through that, you reanalyze your life a lot, and you're like, what's a priority to me? And then you start doing healthy stuff, and you're like, this feels a lot better. And yeah. when you finally go out and drink again, you're like, you know what? I feel less social doing this. This actually yeah. doesn't – you always think it's going to make you more social, and you're like, ah, no, it actually doesn't. Yeah. Like a beer or two, maybe, but then you just hit a point where, and even then, no, I feel more clear-minded when I'm completely sober, and I enjoy it a lot. And I love the common misconception that most people have with alcoholism. It's like, well, you just need to build up your tolerance, your tolerance. You actually lose tolerance. Well The more you fucking drink. So how it works is your brain has receptors in it. Yep. And what happens is these receptors, you start to overstimulate them with like drugs and alcohol or anything in general that's a stimulant to these specific receptors. And what happens is your brain goes, you are having too much fun with this shit and you are addicted to it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to recede those receptors into my brain. And that's why you drink a lot more because you're trying to get that same fucking effect. But your body's trying to protect you. Your body wants to stay alive. Your body needs you as a conscious motherfucker that functions it to stay alive. That's why you got all the organisms that keep you alive. And, and, you know, and so the way that I perceive it based off of what jesse was saying as well is that like the way that you treat your mind and your body is how you're going to perceive existence right so the better that you treat it the better that your overall perception of life like improves tenfold but also just the way that you perceive it like i don't oh i don't i don't blame people for for my for my faults i take responsibility for them right i don't get mad at people for this that or another thing um so it's it's i agree with that 100 the health thing is being sober is awesome, but the healthy part aspect of it is like the best part for me. That's the biggest you change. You feel so fucking good. It's not just the sober, it's just the being, it's kind of like thinking you, clearly, dude, with should, a clear mind. Oh, yeah, I think of it as you kind of switch addictions. Except I smoke a bunch of weed, so I guess you don't it doesn't go make from, sense. Uh, you go from <laughs> one substance to just like, I'm going to do yeah. all these other things to make me healthy. And it's kind of like you're just trading habits, but I mean, everything's a habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hell, you go to any fucking rehab facility, AA meeting. Like you said, you switch one habit for another habit. Yeah, they try to get in religion. I'm just like, I'm yeah, going to eat fruits yeah, and religion. <laughs> I didn't do religion. Part of it. Have you ever had AA coffee? No. No. That is cracking a fucking pot. Yeah. <laughs> it is so goddamn strong. They just sprinkle meth in it. It's what uh, we used to call that fucking Collins uh, atomic coffee. Oh, that's clever. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you drink one cup in the morning, you're good all day. That's See, I, I went to AA a billion times, but I never drank the coffee. I just I bring water or something, maybe a Mountain Dew, depending on where I was in my am I drinking this set or another thing. But like AA for me, it it if I never did the twelve steps, I don't think I I know the twelve I'll, steps one hundred percent helped me. I'll be straight with you. I've been to AA a few times. That shit never would have worked for me because all no, AA was, yeah, was a place to meet new drinking buddies. Dude, okay, so I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I jumped from room to room to room until I found. Well, my therapist told me to go to this one specific group called the Wolf Pack, and they were tight as fuck because it was all dudes. They were all successful businessmen except for the ones that were new, and like they just all had the dopest stories. And it was and it met at the fucking park. I went every Monday. It was tight as shit, and then I went to Thursday because I went to like like 
cocaine anonymous or like narcotic anonymous just because my therapist is like i think you should go to that one too so like in the beginning i was going twice a week and then having therapy as well so like when i was ready to sober sober up i made a fucking choice and said now it's time for me to sober up because those around me needed to depend on me and if i was drinking and shit i couldn't be dependable so like i did hit a to answer your question i did hit a rock bottom that i don't really like talking about on this i can tell you in person if you want to know but it's fucked up so like I hit my rock bottom and I was like, okay, that sucks ass. And then from there, I was just like, okay, now it's sober up. And then so I think June 18th or something will be three years. But um, I just made a choice. Well, I was my just life wondering was for people that might be having a hard time and wanting to know how. You, you have to make I mean? a choice. You yeah. have to. But again, I, my it's buddy easy. Kyle, uh, my buddy Judd didn't really have a problem with it, really. He was just like, it's. It's just time. No, that was you. You just kind of decided to sober up. Like, you didn't have a problem. You like didn't I said, it was just a shift in priorities. Mm-hmm. It was just like, I had a point where, yeah, this isn't doing anything for me. Yeah. And it's just a realization of being surrounded by drunks at some point. And you're just like, I don't want to be these dudes. Yeah. It was a haze, man. I mean, I, I had some really good fucking times. Don't get me wrong. Man, that's the thing. I wasn't that was deep the fear. into it. Mm-hmm. I said, said no to plenty of drinks. It yeah. was just like, it was getting surrounded by people who are going heavier and you're just like yo like yeah. chill out and they didn't see it as a problem and it's mm-hmm. like all right i can't be a part of this well i guess okay so for to answer your question too about for people who are out there who are like oh i honestly so you are who you hang out with right so when i decided to sober up i didn't tell people i was going to sober up because i feel like when you say that then in your brain you would feel like you already accomplished that goal yeah. so you have to just kind of internalize it and you just like you make the choice and you say okay i'm gonna sober up and so i separated myself from everybody for the, like the first good solid year to two years i didn't talk to anybody about it like at all i was just like doing my thing trying to sober up because like those for two like the first year the first nine months were the worst but once you can get past that shit because then you can like start sleeping normal again and you're eating normal again and your brain is because like that's the best part is when you get to the point where you were before you started using i don't think i'm there yet even though i'm three years almost in i still don't think i'm there um but it just it's you slowly just start to feel like i i told judd it was a cheat code I found the cheat code to life, all the shit that makes you feel awful and shitty and just sad and like make you hate everything. Once the, all the alcohol and shit goes away, that shittiness and everything just went away. And then he told me on his one year, cause I was there helping him or I was there supporting him. And he's like, dude, like that just made so much sense to me. It's just like, if I don't want to feel like shit, I just need to stop. And he's like, and then I did. And then here I am. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just, you have to want to, yeah. and it's hard to want to cause it's fun, <laughs> but it's, it's fun cause you think it's fun, but it's also very awful at the same time. But even when it's not fun, it's hard. It's the, well, when it's not fun, that's the worst. That's yeah. the worst times of your life is when it's not fun. And you can't stop because, no. and it, yeah. And it's, you want to, but. Do you know how many I mean, times I would just drive by the gas station and be like, okay, I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to fucking stop. And then next thing you know, I was inside buying beer. Right. That was like a constant struggle every single day when I get off work because that was a trigger. I'm off work happy times or I'd wake up. That's a trigger. <laughs> right. I'd exist. That's a trigger. Right. That's that's what it was for me. How did how did you feel about it since you were kind of like you're still kind of like, eh, but now that we've had some time to talk about it, you've kind of experienced it in a different light than most in this room, I think. Um, I feel like. While you were an alcoholic, I feel like a lot of my brain has kind of blocked it out Okay. still. Just like, because I don't know, like, it's weird talking to you now because I didn't talk to you in the past, right? Well, we talked about it with Kim and shit, and I thought that kind of helped break the ice. Yeah, but you were sober. 
What do you mean? She wasn't really around you a lot, I think. Right? Yeah, like, like you she were. Was with her mom. We didn't talk a lot when you were an alcoholic. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, I hope that hurts. Did that hurt? Because that's how he makes me feel all the time. <laughs> I didn't even know you were here. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you people? Yeah, right. <laughs> This is awkward. Who's this white lady in my house? <laughs> Wait, you're the minority in here. Uh, that's true. He's he's actually part brown too. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Two of them. Different kind of There's three. three, of them. There's three we're of native. Oh, I guess it's even. Then. I think we're three yeah. Three to three. three. <laughs> Mine came from Spain. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. So you're you're the pure blood. Um, so, so you're saying that you didn't really see too much of it or you didn't really talk to me about it. So. I mean, obviously, I, there were my moments. Like, there were moments where it was just definitely like, oh, my God. Did you see any of, in the movie, Did you? could you reflect any of it? When he was getting fired and how he was, uh, like, upset about it, I felt like you wouldn't have cared. Like... <laughs> 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 I that, know that sounds, sounds like me. So bad, <laughs> no, that sounds like me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I just I remember one time you like coming home and you were just like, I hate this job so much. Like you would always complain about your job. So I feel like it wouldn't have mattered, right? I don't know. That's what I saw. Well, when I got that. fired from my last plus, job, I was pretty stoked about it. <laughs> he was drinking hard liquor. You always, to me, you were always drinking beer. Oh, yeah, so you never saw me, like, in the computer room, like, chugging fucking Canadian club whiskey and then throwing it up, well, like, I underneath know. my fucking gaming chair oh and then drinking God. more. Well, yeah. I know that you <laughs> you poured stuff into um, your NOS, and then, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, and then, I don't know, I don't... Fuck this movie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and alcohol affects everybody fucking differently you're not that far off from my brother's body type for the most part he's just tall as fuck though my brother's only five foot eight i thought he was taller than me well you're like I'm taller. I'm, I'm like five four. You're, yeah, but. Cameron's taller than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I'm taller. He is taller. Like when I literally had to put him in the hospital, when the cops showed up and I went in there, he was passed the fuck out. He weighed a hundred and fifteen pounds, five foot eight. Jesus Christ! Jesus. And by twelve in the afternoon he had drank one and a half 1.75 handles of vodka jesus christ christ yeah is he still with us oh that's he finally got clean and sober but it took him going to prison to get that and he just brought a new nephew into the world for me this past oh my god congratulations yeah that's awesome sober up and miracles happen Mm -hmm. you know i think eating shrooms over the years too Cause it's oh kind my God. of I recommend one that of those highly to every human on the that, planet. Like every time you do a trip, you kind of like really go through stuff, and you're just like have you're this moment of like, I should go sober. Like I know a dude who just one night tripped and just cold turkey quit absolutely every bad habit in his entire life. Yeah. Started a gym a year later and he's been clean. That's so but tight. It always kind of puts a little bug in your head of like, okay, maybe I need to do this. 
Like, because he saw something when he was tripping that made him feel his Shrooms make you go really into your brain. Mm -hmm. It pulls down. So, like, the way how your brain interacts on it. Not 80s mushrooms? I used to do mushrooms. Closures. I used to do <laughs> shrooms a lot when I was younger, and I just laughed for hours. I never but you need to do a heroic trip. You need to eat more. Because my mom said the oh, same thing, too, yeah. and I just think it's a different breed of mushrooms nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, because the so. ones oh, yeah. now, like, when you eat them, every single time you reach a point where you're like, I'm leaving Earth for a while, and you just go into but your own head. But it also depends on how much you leave. eat. Because, wow. like, if you eat, like, three caps and three stems, you get that feeling. Yeah. That just giggly feeling and maybe some colors or some dots or whatever. But, like, if you do a heroic dose, an eighth plus, more than that, you do go, like, you see God. You meet the creator. Like, you, that's yeah. every time. I go have, in. I'll go in, like, a 16th. And I'm like, I'll just go get obliterated. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, I've left this planet a few times. Yeah. And, wow thing about it is if you know this like the how your brain interacts is it just it makes parts of your brain interact that normally don't interact so it's like if you have barriers it doesn't matter if they're there you're facing them well it's like the best advice i usually give people is yeah. like don't fight it because you're going to go there anyways you're just going to give yourself an anxiety attack if you try to fa- like not face it well it's been proven i mean the reason i started doing acid and, and mushrooms was because i had read that people who are addicts if they can if you go into the trip with this mindset of like i don't want to be an alcoholic anymore the shit can fucking help with that so i started finding my ways to where i could find these psychedelics to do this shit and the psychedelics actually didn't really help me not want to do drugs or drink or anything anymore. That was just something I did on my own. But I think if I had done a heroic dose somewhere inside of there, I think I would have found that because I, I haven't done one yet. I think it just gives you options, though, because it's not I haven't met too many people. There's like one guy I know of who just straight cold turkey, but everyone else, it just kind of puts a bug in there. And then usually after a while, something clicks. Well, it makes you feel like, happy. Right? I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, it helps with your serotonin, your dopamine receptors that are fucked up from, you know, the, the, the alcohol abuse or the drug abuse, whatever it may be, because those are pleasure receptors pleasure receptors right so the psilocybin actually what it does is it'll go in and it'll recreate neural pathways in your brain and it can actually recreate ones to kind of replace the ones that have addiction so like i it's there's this one dude who talked about how he got rid of his stutter he 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 ate like a like 24 (laughs) fucking grams or something retarded amount of shrooms he had a stutter when he came out of his trip the stutter was gone his brain, because he told himself, I don't want to have a stutter anymore. He just focused on that shit for hours and hours while he was just shrooming balls. Then when he comes up and he comes to school the next morning, he says hello to a pretty girl that he would normally would have stuttered his face off, and he just talks to her normal. People who have stutters, the only time they don't stutter is when they talk to animals and when they sing. But when they talk with humans, it makes them fucking stutter. So he says the only time that he ever stutters now is when he's like really riled up or drunk. But other than that, he hasn't stuttered since. And that's when it was, he was like a kid in college. And he was like a grown-ass old man who has like all these fucking insane theories about yeah, fungus. I think you and I were talking about this. There was a guy that we used to jam with, uh, John. Could, like, great singing voice. Get through any song perfectly. But if you're having a conversation with him, yeah. you ask a question. No, he literally had to sit there and plan in his head precisely what he wanted to say otherwise he would stutter holy shit he literally would have to pause between responding to formulate what he wanted to say mushrooms can fix that they can help with addiction and all kinds of shit and depression and anxiety as well it's been proven they're doing studies on that shit now well i have a friend um that does acid like almost once every couple months Mm -hmm. just to reset herself back into a positive happy mode interesting she says that she has to do it to get back to being 
normal like, normal and yeah and she goes into it with that exact same attitude huh. yeah i always i I'm mean like, mm, every six months to a year i'll eat mushrooms yeah, i can know. i'll clean that's usually where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. I, I, cleaning is very euphoric. But it's kind of reached a point now where, like, I, I have an objective when I do it, too. Yeah. I used to start out like, oh, let's all eat mushrooms and have fun. And it just turned into, like, I have some stuff I need to settle out. <laughs> yeah, no shit. And I go yeah. into it with, like, expectations yeah. and yeah. wrestle some demons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they're starting that whole microdosing of mushrooms. That's right? real. I've yeah. done that. And yeah. that's nice. It kind of just pleasant little. And they're thinking about legalizing that. Good. So. It, uh, they legalized it in Oregon. Did they? Yeah. And Colorado. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Colorado. Fucking idiot. But they also legalized everything in Oregon, right? Every oh, single fucking, drug has been legalized yeah. in Oregon. Was decriminalized. Or maybe it's Washington. I don't remember which. Washington and Oregon's Oregon. all decriminalized. Yeah. Probably Washington, too. They're not doing so hot. Yeah. They were trying to make fucking heroin and meth completely legal. Yeah. Yikes. And the day that happens, that's a downfall of society. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially like fentanyl. It's I was just talking to a friend who got off fentanyl not long ago and got off like, of it, still alive. Yeah, he that. got completely sober, fell into a hole, and got off of it. But he's like the difference between him and other people. They he said there's a weird lifestyle in the fentanyl community of like people do fentanyl because they want to be fentanyl addicts. Hmm. Like they just fall into a trap of it. Him, he's social like, media made it look cool. I thought fentanyl killed you the minute you did it. Point one can kill it you, but very it, much can. It can, but what's dangerous it about doesn't. it is you just—it's a little bit. It doesn't take much. It's a really cheap high, so you can be high for days off and very little. It's just the people who don't know what they're doing, or it's like very not—it's not clean pills. Normally, it's false advertisements. Someone tells you it's something that it's not, and you're dead. Fuck. I thought they were mixing it with coke and stuff. They are. Yeah, that's they why. That's, that's the thing. That's why like I stopped. A lot of the fucking the moment cocaine, I heard it, never yeah. did it. Even again. fucking yeah. heroin and meth and coming in from Mexico. I've heard some pot is being laced with fentanyl. Mm. Wow. Yeah. A so, friend yeah. of my coworker just passed of a fentanyl thing, and he, there's like speculation that his weed was laced with it. Unfortunately. Yeah. So. That means he didn't get he it from a dispo. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, he wasn't buying it from a dispenser. That's no. scary. Like I have no, like we have no idea. We just know he passed, and he was only eighteen. Oh yeah. yeah I knew so, a kid freshman year who passed away off of fentanyl. My brother's friend. Uh, scary. You might know the name. They went to Christ the King. Uh, Sean Hartsey, Hartsey. I don't know uh, that name. Um, I think they were sixteen. He got into his parents' pharmaceuticals. OD'd and died. Damn. Intentionally? I no. Don't, oh. They were just fucking fucking around with drugs. Um, you know the fishbowl party. Okay. You know what that mm -hmm. is, right? Mm -hmm. You raid your parents' pharmaceuticals, throw everything into a fucking fishbowl, and people just grab and take, grab and take, grab. Mm -hmm. and take. He's just got calcium supplements. It totally. Sucks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I knew I was getting old when I took a Zantac before I took ecstasy. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, you're in the fishbowl thing. You're like, damn it, I pulled the freaking money. And uh, oddly enough, that, <laughs> that kind of goes back to what I mentioned last week. It's a gummy about, bear. Uh, Mountain View High School. Flintstone vitamin. That year, Sean was one of seven kids from Mountain View to die from pharmaceutical overdose. Fuck, dude. But when you think about so we're all talking about how fentanyl and all that kills you instantly. Alcoholism will dry out forever, I think, in, for a long time, and you're going to die a slower, harder death. So that's exactly See what I, I wanted to say. Out. Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to say. Is like, so 
She's correct. In the long run, what you saw happen to him is what happens. He just sped up the process because he did a nonstop and he didn't eat food. I mean, he was on a mission, right? But if you continue that lifestyle, essentially, it is a slow suicide. Whether it's some kind of like kidney, like some kind of failure in your body due to the excess or maybe just from a de Gaulle or seizures or like fucking foot shit, um, gout. I know Kevin had mad gout. That's why he couldn't walk around with us at the thing because he had gout. It's from drinking. Yeah. Um, I mean, but you're right, 100%. He, it's, that's what happens, and he just sped it up yeah. as quickly as possible. Yeah, and especially if you're not eating, if you're only feeding your body with oh fucking alcohol, yeah. your Which, body eventually starts eating its muscle mm-hmm. to get any nutrients into it. Yeah. And you're literally and, killing yourself. In the choke along. Frontwards and back. Alcoholics is always, no thanks, I'm on a liquid diet. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've heard that phrase. And it's the like, other one? they'll go the only all work, night without The only workout eating. I do is 12 ounce curls. Yeah, yeah right. I only drink on days that end in Y. Yeah. Um, you guys ever heard of Whitest Kids You Know? Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Love, yeah. So, you know that one movie called Super Size Me where the guy only eats McDonald's for 30 days uh-huh. or whatever? So, um, Trevor, when the, unfortunately he passed away, but Trevor, the main character guy, he did that, but with whiskey. And he's like, oh. he's like I'm going to do, you know, a Super Size Me, but with whiskey. And so he just fucks, just slamming only whiskey and he's not eating yeah. food or anything, right? And then there's this one scene where he like he's like, you guys think I could jump off all these stairs and land on my side? And then you see him fucking jump off the stairs. And then he's like, you can see that the effects of the alcohol are affecting my body. And he picks up his shirt and like it's all bloody and shit. Oh and then like he calls like the Jameson company and he's like, why does your company continuously tell me to drink as much alcohol as or just something? Just He's like, sir, we don't say that at all. He's like, your commercials tell me to drink drink all this alcohol every time i see him she's like sir they don't say that at all and then it just it's hilarious and then there's a scene with his girlfriend where she's getting mad at him because he was talking to the girl at domino's and he's all like she has a name right like just (laughs) instead of just like the girl at domino's right and and it's it's fucking funny so kind of make light of this kind of shitty somber film that little skit is extremely enjoyable to kind of make your day brighter there's plenty of movies that, yeah, they glorify drinking and shit in a funny way. Case in point, fucking Beer Fest. Oh, I love <laughs> Beer Fest so much. But a movie like this, and we, you brought it up last week when you were looking through the fucking list, and maybe someday down the road we'll fucking review it, but I definitely want to find what platform it's on to have you watch it, and I think you'd like it too, that Clean and Sober with Michael Keaton. Oh, I because think, uh, that shows the flip side where this is just I'm gonna drink myself to death. Oh, and it's like the co- clean the come and up sober story. is the rehabilitation yeah, side okay. of everything. And the how, yeah, yeah. Tina was telling me about that. Oh, really? It's yeah, a really, it's a really good movie, but not quite as depressing as this movie. But it's still a hard movie to fucking watch. Yeah, and it was actually. Uh, Originally, it was made for a TV film. Okay. But what you watch now is the full R-rated cut, so there is language and shit like that. But okay. it's a good movie. Nice. Michael Keaton and Morgan Freeman do a great job in it. <clears throat> wow. Any other topics you want to cover on this? Seth's birthday is coming up, so... <laughs> shout out to it's on Monday. Yeah. Shout out to Seth. To what, 38. 30, 
Okay, well, I'm only 35, so. Yeah. Not like <laughs> well, again, I don't exist, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 38, that hurts. I know, you're telling me. Well, happy yeah. early birthday. Yeah. Happy Thank early you, my birthday. birthday. And we should happy say congratulations, Roxy, Roxy on graduating from yeah, high school. Congratulations. Yes. She leveled up in life. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't walk, but she just yeah. got her diploma. You made it through 12 years of hell. Yeah. <laughs> got the piece of paper to prove it. Yep. <laughs> Now, if you want to continue that education, you'll actually want to do it because you're going to be paying for it. <laughs> yeah. And no one ever asks you to see your fucking diploma, just no, so you know. Not ever don't. once, ever, <laughs> ever, ever. The only thing a or diploma Or your fucking is, normal diploma. The only right. thing a diploma is good for is if, like, you get a... Or a degree. Let's say, I mean. like, a degree. If you get, yeah. like, a bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. just having that on a resume that you have a bachelor's degree... That's enough to open doors for you. Mm-hmm. No one's going to ask to fucking see it. Yeah, yeah. You can just put it on there. You yeah. don't even actually like, have I, to have it. I you got can it. just put it on your resume. I got jobs at Intel in the Department of Revenue by having a f- bachelor's in film and television production. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is show that you've done a four-year degree. You can pretty much get into any job that you want to. So, we're going to go into probably psychology. Yeah. And addiction counseling. I think that's our end goal. That's not a bad route to go yeah, down. Yeah, we want to open up a little happy chappy counseling. Yeah. Happy chappy? Mm-hmm. That's actually fun. Yeah, it's fun, <laughs> right? I like this already. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Sounds like a, sh- Sounds like a strain of bud, though. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Happy chappy kush. They come to something. Yeah, I'm down. We got one growing. <laughs> so go around the room recommendations and rankings oh i would i recommend this movie to people who maybe are like uh, maybe i am an alcoholic and maybe i should watch this movie to see if i relate to any of these symptoms in this film that maybe in regards to losing relationships with loved ones losing your job um and then just letting the sadness and self-loathing and feeling sorry for yourself overcome yourself and then just hit rock bottom to the point where you drink yourself to death. If that's something that's kind of going through your mind that like, hey, maybe I want to do that, (laughs) watch this film and maybe that'll make you change your mind. Yeah. Um, But if I had to rank it, this movie, it hit me hard. Um, And so I I give it props for making me feel. Yeah, it definitely has feels behind it. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to... I guess I'll give it an eight. Okay. Um, it just, yeah, I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> I was looking forward <laughs> to seeing it a second time, but I'm I'm okay. And I would have been cool not seeing it a first time, honestly, just because I've already gone I'm actually that. happy that you watched it one time before tonight. Yeah, I had to. This is, one that, I had to. this is one that you, like, it's it's a hard one to go into blind on. Yeah. It's especially if you've, been in that situation the moment that i knew the premise i had to watch it yeah like and i did i watched it right the fuck away like my my mom tried to watch this movie but she never made it through the movie Mm. she could never make it through the movie because it just hit too close to home for her right and she didn't like to i believe she didn't like seeing that yeah in herself yeah i think that's that's fair yeah a lot of the things that we don't like in other people is because we see them in ourselves because we're all the same yeah what do you think? Um, I liked it. I mean, it, yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah, if you are drinking, um, or just 
just broken. You should watch it. Um, but I would say it's about a seven or an eight. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, Roxy? Um, for sure. Like, <laughs> what my mom dad said. So, um, honestly, I'd rate this like a six out of ten. Fair. Cameron? Uh, yeah, just with like personal experiences with others, it's like I would definitely recommend it for people just being like, this is what it is, and it's sad, and you need to see this if you're struggling with it, just so you don't end up like this and you see how it is affecting like your loved ones and stuff like that, because that, yeah. that hurts. So I think I recommend it, and I also give it like, I'll probably give it a seven now. Uh, Jesse? Yeah, I feel like this is one of these movies you're going to only really understand if you've been through it. Yeah. So, like, for me, this movie is really good for reflection. Like, if you can get past mm. what's going on, it's a good point to reflect and be like, holy shit, yeah, I've seen this all happen before. Yeah. I'd yeah. give it, like, an eight. But, yeah, no, if you haven't really been through it or yeah, you're not going to relate to it well. Yeah, that's true. It's um, one of those movies that's going to make you go, like, yeah, I don't ever want to go back down that road again. Amen. Um, before I give my ranking and recommendation, um, do have a question to go around the room at first. Um, I was happy that for this movie that uh, Nicolas Cage won his one and only Oscar oh, he did. for this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And the guild. I was hoping. Um, and the director. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue was nominated guild. for her portrayal as Sarah, and I really wish she would have won, but unfortunately, <laughs> she didn't. Mm. Um I think it was Susan Sarandon, one for if you saw Dead Man Walking. Oh yeah. So but like Sean Penn. Yeah, um, but I really wish that Elizabeth Shue would have got the Oscar for this one. I agree. Per- both their performances are fucking amazing in this movie. The question is, one thing we ask almost every week that I completely spaced on. Mm. What do you think the budget of this movie was? Oh, I already know, so I can't. Oh. Because yeah. you, I, should, I googled yeah. it. No, yeah. um, ninety-five. I'd say three million. Roxy. Um. Yeah, a million. A million. I don't really know how much money goes into movies. Anyways, I'm kind of a space on that. Um, I'll, I'll say two million. <laughs> Spice <laughs> it up a little million. bit. Five. One. <laughs> well, since you already know, Jesse is the closest, right? Wasn't it like six? Your mom was the closest. Yeah, three million. You said for three point six. Uh, but it made way fucking more. It than made that. over yeah. fifty million dollars in the yeah. box office. Wow. See, God. why is everyone down on Nicolas Cage as not being a good actor? Then, like, seriously. But think He's about that, though. <laughs> but no, that. But so, but that's that's a humongous come up, right? So that means people liked the movie enough that maybe they saw it more than once, but they told people to go see it as well, right? So hopefully. In a way, whatever message the film was trying to portray, that people that saw that, hopefully it affected them in a good way or maybe, you know what I mean? That's, that, that's the message. Mm-hmm. I mean, even that's, though, yeah, he's the guy that wrote it. Because I so will, on, to this day, I think, hands down, this is Cage's best performance oh. put to film. Yeah, I was, while I was watching it, I was going, geez, I wish he would have won an Oscar for this because yeah. everything he's been doing lately, everyone's making fun of. And well, yeah, because... Yeah, he did. Yeah. Every Nick Cage movie... This one aside is a Nick Cage movie. He's mm-hmm. going to be over the top. He's going to be chewing up scenery, and it's going to be ridiculous as hell. Like, 
Redfield. We this just saw that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Look much fun. It, listen to his fucking accent, Conair. Yeah. It's the worst southern accent I've ever heard in my fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he does a great job in this film. And as far as recommendations, yeah, I, I recommend anybody watch this movie. Um, if you're going through your own personal demons, watch this movie sober. <laughs> you do not want to be fucked up and watch this movie because all it's going to do is screw you up even more. Mm-hmm. Um, I give it a 9 out of 10. Um, and like I said, anybody who knows anybody going through this or if you're personally going through this, don't just watch the movie. If you think you actually need help, find the help that you need. There's methods out there for it. Meetings work for you. Go to fucking meetings. If talking to friends helps you, talk to fucking friends. Go to fucking the online shit now. What is it? Betterhelp.com. You can sign up for that shit. They'll hook you up with a therapist to talk to. If you don't like that therapist, they'll give you a brand new one with no fucking extra charge. But That's uh, us trying to get sponsored by BetterHelp, by the way. <laughs> no, they, they aren't a sponsor. I fucking highly recommend them because I have a specific family member dealing with them right now after a certain tragedy and they do help because only way you're going to get through shit is to get out of your own head and into somebody else's head and let somebody else into your head that's the only way things are going to cheer up but that's even if that's my doctor phil moment for man i i recommend therapy a thousand percent i've been doing it most of my life and i you want to learn about yourself other than doing mushrooms like talk to a third person non-biased professional opinion and you're gonna fucking learn about yourself Mm because it will tell you shit you want to hear and shit you don't want to hear and it it changes lives the only thing that sucks is that it's maybe expensive but there are there's rooms out there that are free you can there's it's it's hard to find but there they do exist Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for well, anything. and even if you know what's going on, like I'm back in therapy now, and it's like yeah. it's just the finances because hey, maybe you know what's going on, but you're like, I don't know how to approach this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this way, or I've had these experiences in my life that I think might have traumatized me, or like I'm stuck because like I had this therapist guy tell me that trauma is just a point in time that your mind has like stuck on, and you have to learn how to move past these like these points in time that are stuck in your in your head. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. and and unfortunately, like we all grieve at our own pace and we all experience and learn and move on at our own pace because that's just the human body it just does at our own pace but but i agree if sometimes if you're trying to move forward getting help can help you get to that <coughs> next step of like getting over that hurdle that is because like my buddy dj is a perfect example man he moved back to utah to rekindle his relationship with his father that he had very it was very toxic and now they're now they're awesome Right, you know, you got to face your demons. You just got to yeah. like walk, you know, whatever it is, whatever you can't move past. Sometimes you just got to face it, and you got to do that with a clear mind. Yeah, that's the best way to do it. Is with a clear mind. You want to be the. You want to find out who the real you is. Be sober, you. Because I used to tell Kristen all the time, like, no, this is the real me when I was drunk. I was like, this is what the real Seth is like, right? Because that's drunk Seth is. That's what he told himself. Um, but then once I sobered up, I was like, no, this is the real fucking me. Yeah. So I agree with Ryan. If you need help, fucking get it. Search for yeah. it. And if you're feeling sad or whatever you got shit going on in your life, like get the help. There's way too many people killing themselves right now, and like it's, you don't need that. You know, the the pain of you being here is way less than the pain of you not. And what I tell everyone that has those thoughts, don't take a permanent action for a temporary problem. Never take a permanent action for a temporary problem. Um, 
But with that being said, I think we should uh, flip it off, flip it around <laughs> for the next few weeks and do shit that's not so depressing. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Five <laughs> weeks of Evil Dead. Fuck yes, we're doing Evil Dead for the next five weeks. Ooh. That shit's gonna be a blast. Oh man, that's gonna yes. close out the summer. Mm. <laughs> it's hell, man. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'll be around for that. Yeah, yeah please. The, the, I love all those movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With a fucking passion. Five of them, man. That's gonna be great. Yeah. Well, four if you count, if you believe Scotty. Well, Even though know. he named off five movies, I'm like, you still think there's four? You just can't named five, dude. Huh. <laughs> I don't believe most things people say anyway, so it's all right. <laughs> Is Evil Dead the, that dude? Uh-huh. That's what I thought. Are we a darkness? Yeah. That's what yeah. I thought. Okay. Um, so we're going to do... Next week will be The Evil Dead, followed by Evil Dead 2, followed by Army of Darkness. Then we're going to be doing the 2013 Evil Dead remake, and then 2023's Evil Dead Rise. Fuck yeah. So anybody that wants to join, the more the merrier as long as there's a spot available. Yeah. Right. And I do have a link um, available t- that for people to be able to join that. that I can send out to people. So if you want to join via, you know, um, go to meeting, just email us and I can fucking throw you a link. Yeah. And um, we can plug it right into the damn yeah. board and record you. Cool. So uh, we're going to be testing that out this Friday with a, yeah, we have to. a different subject, but. Um, yeah. Go around the room. Um, all right, I want to say thank you all for listening. Um, honestly, it's 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 been amazing. Um, the downloads have been awesome. Um, you know, take some time of your day. Maybe watch a movie that's going to make you feel kind of weird, or a movie that's going to make you laugh. Maybe a movie that you can watch with your friends and your family. Watch a movie that'll make you think. Oh, something that makes you think, but thinking hurts. So be careful. <laughs> um, it it burns and it smells bad. Um, but. Uh, Thank you all again for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Uh, Just thanks again for letting me sit in and do this. I have so much fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, later. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Yeah, I want to thank everyone for joining in. And as always, whenever anybody wants to come in, let Seth know. I know I believe you're in the group chat. Movie pit podcast at gmail.com. Movie pit podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, email questions, whatever the fuck. Feedback. Yeah. Um, I haven't looked at it. Don't think I have it linked on my phone. I have it on my new phone yet. I haven't um, <laughs> logged into it. I need um, to check. <laughs> I'm an ass. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, email us. I don't fucking check it. Yeah. <laughs> definitely tune in. <laughs> Send us emails, but we only, we, we only check the email once every three yeah. months. You just need to get AI on that. We also need somebody to run our social media for us. So if that's something you dig and you like us and you would love, just I can make content. Me and Ryan can make content. We just need people to fucking post it and shit. Because I, I personally hate social media, but I know people out there can take full advantage of it if you think our shit is tight and other people need to hear it or you think they might like it hit us up and if you want to make flyers for us or run our social media please fucking do yeah uh did i say flyers yeah i mean i make flyers i make flyers but they're posts sorry posts Um, it's funny what goes on posts flyers yeah (laughs) (laughs) i've got a blimp for us in the movie podcast that's right (laughs) that's an idea to talk about we should pick a movie and have the entire, like, come up with a list of questions to talk about the movie. But choose certain questions for certain people, make the responses, 
automatic AI generated. Ooh. <laughs> That'd be fun. That'd be interesting. Yeah, we see that one. I've been be listening fun. to some podcasts where everything is done, like all responses are generated from chat GPT. That's awesome. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll be honest, I had to write me a synopsis for basketball diaries just so I could read, and then I also had to make me an outline too. Just so I could read to it's see how it is. It's scary how fast it comes up yeah, with it's that It's pretty shit. fast. Yeah, I also <laughs> had to fix a v, uh, Polycom VVX uh, 400 phone for me one time just to see if it would do it. And it fucking spells out all the instructions on how to fix that phone. I was it's goofing tight. around with it yesterday and literally had it write me an outline for a screenplay. Three-act structure. Then I told it, write act one. It ended. I'm like, continue. Continue. Then it said, end of act one. I'm like, write act two. Damn. In literally five minutes, it wrote an entire film script. Yeah, so this whole fucking writer strike that's going on right now, I'd be like, dude, Chad GPT can fucking replace you, so I don't know why you guys are being bitches right now. <laughs> that's precisely why they're bitching. Yeah. <laughs> because they're being pushed out because movie studios are wanting to use Chat GPT. Yeah. Now. But I'm saying they should just use it to save their own jobs. No shit. Real. Yeah. Uh, they can't. They're on strike. Technically, what that would be doing is writing, and that'd be crossing the picket line they're writing right just like you said they would do exactly step by step what you just said but it would be like four fucking two and a half men or whatever the hell shows on tv i don't, I don't really watch modern yeah. tv but um yeah so that being said yeah thank you very much for all thank the downloads you. tune in next Our week when we discover or discover discover some of us might be discovering it but we're going to rediscover 1983's the evil dead and as always till next time kitties thank you for listening to this the movie pit movie review we hope you have enjoyed your time come back to the movie pit podcast each week for a new movie review podcast. The movie pit is produced by Ryan Boozer Johnson and Seth Chapman. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the views of RMJ Media Incorporated. See you next week.